The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. He would throw all of them under the bus. Both of his sons, it's already been stated and reported that he would throw Don Jr. under the bus first before he'd throw Ivanka on the bus, uh, under the bus. And so, I, I, you know, because he's always had that infatuation with that, little, with that young lady, and it's really sad. Those teams can't be held accountable to anybody else but themselves. So until they get sued that they break up the NFL in an in a antitrust kind of way, then nothing's going to happen. So they do everything at all costs to not have discovery. He never spoke out against Trump. And, and Trump has been touting that same line that Pence could have done this, Pence could have done that. He is, not, he is not lightened up on that. He's been saying that since the beginning, and he's still going after Pence, and he's still saying this stuff. Why is Pence doing this now? You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is January 28, 2024, and it's the Sunday Morning Roundtable, where our panelists bring their topics to the table. So we'll step out, give it up to God, and on the, on the other side, we'll get into the show. Thank you for being here. Online radio at its best. Father God, we just thank you and we praise you for this day, Lord God. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for this is truly the day in which you have made and we can rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. Father, we thank you, oh God, that we can come before you and make our request known unto you, Lord God. We come before you, Lord God, on behalf of those that have submitted prayer requests in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for you know all, you see all, you're everywhere all at the same time. And God, we thank you that there is nothing that can happen on the face of this earth, oh God, that catches you off guard or catches you by surprise. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for you being a healer. We thank you for you being a deliverer, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that mother or that father, Lord, that's crying out on behalf of that child, whether they be sick, whether they're going wayward, Lord God. We thank you in the name of Jesus for you being the peace, you being the calm in the midst of a storm in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for you touching that body, Lord God, that may be Lord God, ailing in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, oh God, for you showing up on the scene, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for you being the medicine, Lord God. You being that bomb in Gilead, oh God. Father, we thank you for you being that bomb here in the United States, that bomb abroad, Lord God. Wherever you are needed, God, we ask that you show up and show out. We ask, Lord God, that you arise and demonstrate your power in the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise, oh God, and we thank you, oh God, for allowing us to come before you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
347-850-1272 is our calling number, 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Of course, I'm yours truly, J. Rouse, but I never share this stage by myself. My big sis is in the house. My big bro, well, hey, big bro, yeah, that could work. He's in the house as well. Let me say good morning to my big sis, Miss Vanessa May Belly from the Macinelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Jay. How you doing? I'm doing outstanding. What a powerful prayer to start the show. I'm fired up. She got me. I want to start dancing. Man, got me all fired up with the word of God. Say what now? I said dance, baby, dance. That's what David said. Okay. I need some music, though. I need a little bit of that sanctified stuff going on. But I appreciate you being here. My brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, gets the first and last word. He's in the house. What's up, man? Good morning. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, sister. Good morning, Mama B. Good morning, Mary Music. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Real Dia. And good morning, my brother Hawking. Good morning, my brother Jerome. The number is 347-850-1272. It's uh, five minutes after the hour. It's the Sunday morning roundtable where our peeps bring their topics to the table. And this is always tricky at the beginning of the show because I have no idea what they want to talk about. So this is the type part of the show. Oh, my God, what is that? This is the part of the show where we kind of wrap and clap and talk about things that may or may not be a part of the show this morning. But I know one thing that may not be, but I definitely want to bring it up. And if it is, we just got to work around it. The death of Dexter King. I, I, I was shocked and floored by this. I had no idea he was battling prostate cancer. I did not hear about it at all on the news. So when I sent out a text, and we have a group text, where all of us on the show communicate with each other. I said, did anyone know that Dexter King died? And, you know, Vanessa, yeah, died yesterday. I'm like, how did I miss that? And all I watch is news. So uh, remembering Martin Luther King's youngest son, who looked just like him. Mr. Elias, man, your thoughts on the passing of Dexter King. Well, and, man, this, this family has been through so much, man. And I, I just... I hate they had to go through another death because they lost their, their mother, their father, of course, and then they lost their, their oldest sister. So it was just like, you know, the youngest brother is gone. Now, Dexter King is gone and is due to, uh, you know, prostate cancer, man. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's a sad event. And, man, look, this guy was, you know, more into, uh, he wanted to be an actor. So, you know, he played his father in certain roles. So um, just a, just a sad that event for the family, man. And I, you know, the King family is always in my prayers, man. Always, you know, it's, just, it's bad. Yeah, it, it is bad, Vanessa. Uh, but you know, the first thing that came up once I started digging and started finding and looking at stories, um, it, you know, the they had some discourse going on between the siblings about, uh, you know, Dr. King's papers and, you know, some of his uh, media intellectual properties, and so. You know, and even when, you know, maybe it was just me, but when Bernice spoke, uh, they took it live in Atlanta. You know, I, I don't know. It just kind of felt awkward to me because you could tell she was grieving her brother. But then she started bringing up this intellectual property stuff. And I'm like, 
you know, there's a time and a place for that, but, you know, whatever, you know, but let's just, uh, you know, take a few minutes to uh, uh, reflect on this man's life. She brought up intellectual properties. She started bringing up intellectual property stuff and, you know, saying, hey, you know, there's a reason why we did this. And and then she even, I think at some point, uh, you know, referenced a website people could go to. And I'm like, you're here to talk about your brother, not this. But, you know, hey, whatever. People grieve differently, but I just thought it was inappropriate for some of the comments that she made. But, hey, that's just me, my opinion, no one else's. Give me your thoughts on Dexter King. Well, you know, the family has been through a lot, but they are still a regular family. Where you lose your dad, your mom, your brothers, your sisters, been there, done that. So condolences to all of them. And um, I do think there is a time and a place for all of that. And but but they're just a regular family, so they have fighting and stuff that's going on behind the scenes, just like everybody else. So I'm shocked, but not shocked. So are we holding them to a different standard, Vanessa? Is that what I'm hearing? We're holding them to a different... Is it fair to hold them to a different standard? I don't think it's... I think that they're just regular people, just like everybody else. They have have crap going on, fighting between siblings. I've lost a mom, dad, two brothers. They've lost the family members like that. I mean, my dad and them wasn't as famous as Mother the King, but they're just a family. They're just a family. They have the same crap going on like the rest of us. So condolences to all of them, and I hope they all get it together. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I think it's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs that uh, you know something like this has happened, and uh, you know once again prostate prostate cancer. Uh, you know it's a very preventable. And he just didn't uh, want people to know about that, Jay. I heard you say, I heard you say, well, did anybody know about that? I mean, people don't always want you to know what their sicknesses are. They don't always want you to know. Yeah, well, I was saying that anyone know that he passed away. I I didn't know that he had passed away because I had been watching. Yeah, I've been watching the news all day. I had no idea that he had passed away, and that's what threw me off. I'm like, really? What happened? I just didn't. uh, I don't know. I just didn't didn't anticipate that, and so just crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, once again, like you said, it's a regular family. Uh, they have their ups and downs, their trials and tribulations. You know, money is the root of all evil. And it's interesting because the one thing that's the root of all evil, if you look at any of the coins or the dollar bills, it says what? In God we trust. But uh, apparently, you know, <laughs> I guess I, I have no idea. Uh, no the lack of topics. money. The lack of money. The lack of money. The, the lack of money. Evil. Well, well, I don't know. You know, I'm pretty sure someone's going to bring that name up this morning during their, their discussions. And that guy has money. And, uh, you know, he is evil as uh, Satan himself, if you ask me. So, you know, hey, money's the root of all evil. Because I'm going to tell you something, man. People will do some scandalous things to get money. And it's just unreal how people will sell their souls to make a dollar bill. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes it's refreshing for me when I go online and I start doing, um, uh, when I start doing research for the show and, and I run into one of these uh, uh, stories. You see some of these things on YouTube where, you know, a guy would come up and ask someone, hey, can you help me out? And they'll tell him, hell no. And then one person walks up and he says, hey, can you give me some money? And he's like, well, I don't really have a whole lot, but I can give you $5. 
And then, he, then the guy says, listen, I don't need your $5. And he turns around and gives them 1000 or $2,000. Those stories warm my heart because people could just be me. And I know some folks that, you know, we hang out with will not give someone on the corner a dollar. You know, they'll say, hey, you know, I'm not giving you a dollar. Okay, well, all right. If you, if you say yeah, that. But, no, but the people that are giving the money is the people with the least amount, isn't it? It's a, yeah, you take a walk up to a broke homeless person, and that person is gonna be like, "Hey man, take, take it." You know, he said you need it more than me because they know they've experienced that stuff. They had that experience without having. But those rich folks, they well, don't give a damn. Yeah. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. We were coming out of CVS and it was raining the other night, and I don't see this very often. I do see homeless people all over Houston and blah 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 blah. But this is a kind of like thirty something, forty, maybe forty year old black guy. And he was eating out of the trash can at CVS, like the containers that somebody oh, wow. put food in because it's a jack-in-the-box and a golden chicken next door. And so, and it was a dog. Y'all know. So there was a dog that was trying to get the scraps and he wasn't eating. So I told Bobby, wow. I ain't got my purse with me. Reach in your wallet and get that boy $5. Normally, Bobby says, I ain't giving them folks no money. They need to go get a job. Bobby did not open his mouth. Went to his wife wow. and said, here, brother, here you go. And then I said, Bobby, go wow. over there to the dog because I carry dog treats in my car. So when I see stray mm. homeless dogs, I pull up to the side and I feed them. So we wow. pulled over there to the side to the dog, and I was pulling bacon bits for dogs out of my, mm. out of my bag, the doggy bag, throwing it out at wow. the dog. And you know what? I went to sleep and I felt good because I know good what it's going to be eating food out of a trash can at CVS mm. with a chicken place next door. I, I, here you go, baby. If I had my wallet held, I probably would have gave him a 20. Here you go, baby. And he was like, thank you, mm. thank you. God bless you. I mean, I, 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 one, one, mm. one thing I can say about you, Vanessa, I can honestly say this about you is that you are a giver. And I, and I love that about you. Your, your spirit is about giving. And they, you know, helping. Mm. People don't know that about you, but I do know that about you. So Your spirit sweet. is a giver. You are a giver. Thank you. That is mm. so sweet, Liz. But I, I just, my heart was cracking when I saw that boy eating from the white styrofoam container out of the trash can next door to CVS. But it was food places next door. But that, my heart was breaking. And then to see the dog trying to eat with the man, couldn't get out the container. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Mm. You know, wow. y'all know I almost lost it. So, yeah, anyway, wow. take dogs, put them in your cars if you can, people. Throw them when you see these straight dogs. Throw some food out at them. Get these folks out there. And I ain't just saying black folks, but he was black. And so, I here you go, baby. You better be lucky I ain't have a wallet with me. You would have could have had the whole damn wallet. That was terrible. Yeah. It was raining. It was cold. And he was eating out trash. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a shame. And, and, and you know, and people, and I hope that folks who are listening to this will walk away with, you never know. I mean, uh, here's the, you know, I always use the saying when we're dealing with homeless people, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because I've talked to people and said, oh, yeah, yeah, I give them the money. And, you know, I've seen them jokers going, getting Maseratis and drive off. Hey, man, look here. You, you do. I've seen that, You too. do. Yeah, but you do what's on your heart. You, you know, hey, well, what did it say? God, what did it say about God is a giving heart? You don't worry about. It. It's like when people talk the about Holy church. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you which person to give it to. If you follow the Holy Spirit that's in you, it's going to tell you this is who you need to get that money to. Tell them again, the Holy- Vanessa. Tell them again, Vanessa. Tell them. <laughs> yes, you're right. I'm, you're I right. Know. 
I know. Let me. Uh, I'm leaning back, but yeah, that was touching me. No, no, no. But 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 seriously though, when you, when you I'm, think I'm about it, you're right. right. You're 100. She is right. right. You're 100 right. She is right. But but when you think of when you think about how some people say, well, I'm not giving them nothing, you know, or or uh, you know, they should have did whatever. You don't know what led them to where they are. Yeah, maybe it was drugs. Yeah, maybe they didn't do what they're supposed to do. But you're supposed to be, you know, the Good Samaritan. That's a story that comes to my mind. You're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. Because I would like to think that if I was out there, someone would help me. And I just can't, you know, I try to keep dollar bills in my in the glove box of my car. Because when I see someone, I try to give them money. I, you know, and, and I'm not rich by no stretch of the imagination. And all of us have gone through our trials and tribulations when it comes to finances. But at the end of the day, you know, I just try to do the right thing. And it just hurts my but heart when I see people like that. a little bit, Jay, if you give a little bit, it will come back to you tenfold. It will come yeah. back to you tenfold. So yeah. if you give yeah. it from your heart, it's going to come back. It might not come back this yeah. way, but it's going to come back another way. So a dollar, yeah. two dollars, we keep checking our card like quarters and that kind of stuff. We can't afford to keep dollar bills in our car because they got to be on the ship with me. But we do keep changing stuff in the car. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so the quarters spend. Quarters spend. So we just dish out two, three dollars in quarters or whatever. If, it's, if there's a lady that sits right here on South Main by my house, Jay, that lady acts like it's a job. I don't give her a dime. That lady acts like it's a job to be sitting there every day. Girl, please. So I don't give her nothing. Yeah. But, that, yeah. but well, other you know. people with one leg, yeah. and they be like, well, he gets disability. He got one leg. He got one leg. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give him $2 or whatever it is. But these people who sit sitting there like it's a job, and you see them there all the time, they're not getting not a dime, not a prayer, not a nothing from me because that's what Where do you go? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Then you do that. I just I know that uh, I talked to a real dear friend of mine, and this guy has degrees out the kazoo, and uh, and he was saying, man, I just can't realize. I didn't realize how hard it is. People talk about the unemployment rate is low and all this stuff. He's I just didn't realize how hard it is, man, to to you know get a job at this you know stage of my life, and you know how he had to change careers. So think about someone who really doesn't have that in their pedigree, and they're out there trying to get a job. At some point, you just say, hey, man. You know, you got to survive. So if this going to work for me, this going to work for me. But, you know, hey, people do what they want to do. People give. You give. You don't give. That's you know, right. that's your prerogative. You know, that's, right. that's your Bobby B that I used to say back in the day. All right, it's time for an NPR News update, and then we'll get into the topic. Mr. LES is on the clock. Can't wait to see what he's going to talk about. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, 347-850-1272, minutes after the hour. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Online radio at its best. Five from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The U.N. Secretary General is calling on Western donors to restart their funding of the U.N. Humanitarian Agency in Gaza. NPR's Ader Peralta reports as follows the firing of several staff allegedly involved in the October 7th attack that killed some 1,200 people. Israel provided evidence that allegedly showed several U.N. employees were involved in the massacre and that U.N. facilities were used for terrorist purposes. The United States, the U.K. and Canada, among others, very quickly suspended aid. Now the U.N. Secretary General says if this continues, the relief agency in Gaza will not be able to provide full humanitarian services. 
office in February. In a statement, Antonio Gutierrez said, quote, the abhorrent alleged acts of these staff members must have consequences. But he said the tens of thousands of U.N. workers in Gaza should not be penalized for the acts of a dozen. Israel said the U.N. had spent years ignoring allegations of collusion against the relief agency in Gaza, and it said international donors should know their money is being used for terrorism. Ada Peralta, NPR News, Jerusalem. President Biden is in South Carolina this weekend seeking to energize the state's voters ahead of the first official Democratic primary in the nation on February 3rd. And Pierce Asma Khalid has more from Columbia, South Carolina. The president is trying to shore up support from black voters who make up more than half of the Democratic electorate here and are a key part of the Democrats' base in a general election. The truth is, I wouldn't be here without the Democratic voters of South Carolina, and that's a fact. So I want to start with a very simple message. From the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was Biden at a Democratic State Party dinner Saturday night. Biden also swung by a barber shop to meet voters, and he's visiting a church here before heading back to Washington. Asma Khalid, NPR News, Columbia, South Carolina. President Biden is working to salvage a proposed bipartisan border deal in Congress that would unlock funding for Ukraine, saying last night in South Carolina that he would use its emergency authority to shut down the border when it gets overwhelmed. But Biden's likely rival in November, former President Donald Trump, is standing in the way of the deal. A lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me. I said, that's okay. Please blame it on me. Please. Because they were getting ready to pass a very bad bill. And I'll tell you what, a bad bill is, I'd rather have no bill than a bad bill. Trump speaking last night at a rally in Las Vegas. Much of his remarks focused on border security. He largely avoided talking about the more than $83 million a jury, a jury ordered him to pay in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case. North Korea fired off another round of missiles today. South Korea's military says the North launched multiple cruise missiles off its east coast, a second such test in less than a week. It's not clear how many missiles were launched. This is NPR News. I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on. A big house. How do I look? Do, do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done. Once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes. Online radio at its best. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is that caller number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's a serious side. It's the Sunday morning roundtable, and you know how it works. Everyone's right. bringing their topics to the table. Of course, this demand gets the first and last word here on the serious side. Mr. Elias is on the clock. Mr. Elias, what are we talking about during this block? I, I'm, I'm conflicted about a couple couple of top, topics, man. But you know, my my thing is, uh, I guess should Nikki Haley stay in the race, man? How, how detrimental hmm. would it be for her to stay in the race to the Republican Party? Because right now, um, they they even with the, the, the RNC is trying to say that she should she should get out the race. So, what 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 are the what are the pros and the cons of her staying in the race, and how detrimental is it to the orange to the orange bastard for her to stay in the race? Because a lot of people are saying it, it's hurting him 
for her to stay in the race. Well, I think it's hurtful for her. Uh, it's hurtful for him to stay in the race because then he's got to keep going to these primaries. And he's got to keep going to these primaries. And, and him dealing with all the court cases and all this other stuff, I think it's weighing on him and it's draining him. And, I, 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 you know, I hope she stays in until Super Tuesday. I really do. And I, and I think as long as she keeps touting and, and, and punching him in his face with uh, everything, but she, she, if she really wants to get down and dirty, which I would do if I was her, I would go in and just punch him hard as I could. Like you raping women, you lost $83 million, you, 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 uh, you, you've been, you caused insurrection, you lost the election and you know you lost it, but she's, she's, too, like, she's too scared to say any of this stuff. I, I don't get it, but, but can. you know, some man's chop. Why can't she? Why can't she? she, can't, she because, because, well, I'm going to tell you what she has to lose. She, she has the presidency to use. Because let me tell you why. Because at the end of the day, once you try to consolidate the votes, if she pissed Trump's voters off, which is the majority of the Republican Party, they're not going to vote for her. They're not. They've they're already not interviewed these people. Well, well, wait a minute. You're, no, 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 no. You're saying that um, that she has nothing to lose. She does have something to lose because here's here's what I think she's doing, and I disagree with you. I think it's horrible. I, I don't think it's hurting Trump. I think it eventually will hurt Biden if she stays in the race. Here's here's the reason why I think she's staying in. She's staying in because she has a lot of corporate donors that are pushing her. She's trying to wait it out and see that if he gets convicted. During this season, there are people that were saying, okay, if he gets convicted, the normal MAGA Republicans, if there's such a thing, if he gets convicted, we're not going to vote for him. We're going to vote for Nikki, right? So so she, she's playing the waiting game. She's hoping that he gets indicted and charged and uh, it gets, you know, a jail sentence or goes through the appeal process. That's what she's waiting on. She's waiting on that major shakeup. She's wait, yeah. She's waiting on that I, major shakeup. Yes, she is. She's waiting on that major shakeup to see can she slide in. So now that's the only way she wins. But she, she's not going to outright beat Trump in the GOP primaries. She's not. And so she can't go all in and say these things that you just said, Mr. Elias, because she will piss off over half of the GOP electorate. They're not going to vote for her. She can't do it. That's why they all have to answer. Forty percent of the people are gonna vote for Trump no matter what. You can say what there you go. To, these people are gonna vote for him no matter what. So you gotta so, go all in. You gotta go so, all no, in. No, stop, you don't. Well, stop no, you don't. Yes, you do. You're, yes, not, you do. you're not. You're not gonna, do gonna it. win. Listen, She's not gonna let me win. tell you something. She's not gonna win. She's not going to win either way. The only reason why she was competitive <laughs> in New Hampshire, the only <laughs> reason you. why she was competitive in New Hampshire. Well, go ahead, man. I'll let you go ahead. Finish. You just you just proved my point. The only no, the only way, the only way she, only reason why she she was competitive in New Hampshire was because independents were allowed to vote. There's not enough independents to push her over. She needs the GOP. So going all in, you know. So I'm Nikki Haley. I'm thinking, hmm. Now Trump gets through this. If Trump's Trump mess around and, and get convicted, and they send us him to jail. He's not going to be eligible to run. I'll be the last person standing. 
Yes, he will. Well, if he goes, if he goes to, I'm saying it's a play on words. I'm saying that if he gets charged, and he, he he's already charged, but if he gets convicted in a court of law, criminal, not this this thing going on with with, with the, the young lady E.G. Carroll, that's a civil case. We're talking about criminally. If he gets charged and he gets uh, um, uh, if he's found guilty, he's going to get sentenced for jail. He could go through the, the process all he wants. At that point, Whatever. if he gets sentenced to go to jail, well, you can think what you want. If he gets sentenced to go to jail, you know, the judge has a big case, has a big decision to make, because most people, they got to go to jail and let their appeals process play out. So I'm Nikki Haley. I'm saying, hmm, if he gets, there's a chance, there's 91 counts. There's a chance that he can go to jail for the rest of his life. So if he is sent to jail by some miracle, I'm the last person standing. So now, here I am. I don't see his president in jail. He can be president no, in jail. You do realize well, that, right? You no, I do not realize that, right? that. I do not realize that. Okay. I do not realize that. Wrong. Well, maybe, okay, well, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So you're saying he's going to run the United States of America and have his aides at the prison with him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he can, he can, he can. Well, he can run, he can run he can win the election and still be in jail. You didn't say Trust that. Me. You didn't say that. You said he could be the president of the United States from jail. That's what you said. If he went, if he can't he run the country the from the prison. To jail, what's the difference? What's the difference if he wins the election and and, and, and still goes to jail? What's the difference in that? What's the difference? He, can He's still the he jail. cannot run well. the country from the prison. But okay. He can be in wow. Okay. Okay. Let's see. There's well, no well you know me. Well, I tell you what. Well, I don't know, but I'm gonna find out. Hey, Google. Can president? Can the president be in jail and run the country? Many are asking now. Can a person run for president or be elected president after being convicted of a crime or even while in jail? The answer, then and now, appears to be yes. Oh wow. Okay. There it is. Do you hear that, Mr. Elias? This said yes. This, my it sure did. Over here, I didn't hear yours, but mine said yes as long as it's not an insurrection. Yeah, that's that's oh really okay. So you, there you go. But what if he gets convicted on the insurrection? I mean, listen, we okay, all I'm, been I'm saying this for years. Okay, I'm telling you what you said over here. Well, so I know what Google so far just you said. Right, unless it's an uh, insurrection. So I guess the White House, Thank the aides. The Secretary of State and everybody else gonna have a damn room at the prison so that when Trump's ass get up there and say he wants to have a, a whole day and be a um a person like um I don't know, rule the country and be mean and do all of this stuff that he said he wants to do for one day. What was that called? That he said he wanted to do for one day? Like uh, a dictator. A dictator. Yeah. Dictator. He said he wants to be a dictator for a day. So I guess all of them gonna have an office up there. But you are right, Les, it did just say that unless it was an insurrection, so uh, I bow down to now, you, brother. Well, well, I don't bow down now, to it because now, now, the insurrection again, case could be the one. What? Yeah. Now, once again, that insurrection case is so far off. Then I mean, they're pushing that back farther. He can be the president and be, and then they later and convict him of the insurrection. Now, my question is, what is the case that at that point in time? But, but wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. the insurrection case is that in Judge Chuckin's uh, court? And uh, they're moving right along. They're saying that she made. They're saying she. They're saying she made. Oh, go ahead, Mr. Elias. I can't even finish saying what I'm saying. Go ahead, man. 
Well, no, let me tell you why. Because technically Trump is quote unquote, you know, think about it this way. And once again, we've never seen anything like this before because every one term president just went off into the sunset. He is technically the mm-hmm. incumbent for the GOP. So, you know, just like, you know, Biden is running unopposed. That's what they want on the GOP. Hey, this guy is the former president. He is the leader. Technically, he's the leader of our party. So just stop. Just let's consolidate. That's why. Well, that's why because well, and, he's, he's and, and, technically and, quote unquote an incumbent. And, 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 and technically don't mean nothing. You got to be you, you, technically. Well, technically I, don't mean nothing. That's just a word to me. Look, he's, he's, this is hurting him. You can sit there and say it's not. Well, well, okay, well, we'll to agree to disagree. Cases, I don't, I don't, I don't on, think it is. He has, to, he has to go to the court case, and he has to go to he has to go on the campaign trail, and he has to okay. go to the, to all these, and he and he's trying okay. to he's trying to campaign for president, and then on top okay. of that, he's trying to um, uh, uh, campaign for president. And he's trying to run. He's got to go to these primary states to to uh, yeah. To, Instead of going to the swing states like Biden is going to, so it's he, he don't care about that stuff. Say it's not. Well, I don't think okay. so. Well, because let me tell you why. Okay, because those court cases, every time he goes to court, he raises millions and millions of dollars. That's a part of the process. That's why he wants to get thrown he out of might, court. He's it, doing this for a reason. Yeah, he's doing it for a reason. It is not hurting. He might, it might Only, be wrong to throw him out of court, but still, the yeah. bottom line is, okay. I think it, I think it's hurting. So, so okay, well, I think I love. I disagree. Okay, well, thank you for... Well, okay, well, fine. I mean, that's your opinion, too. I mean, I don't think it's hurting him. So let me let me introduce the smartest man in the world. Well, can I introduce him first, man, if you don't mind? If you don't mind. Mm -hmm. No problem. No problem. Thank you, sir. All right, the smartest man in the world, Mm -hmm. Mr. Jerome Spree, is in the house. Oh, do you want to introduce him? You can if you want. I just have people. Okay, well, can you do Jerome. I did. I did. That, that's I not did. a formal. That's not a formal introduction, Mr. Elias. Okay. Like to do a formal introduction. <laughs> don't, don't get mad, Juan. Don't get mad. I'm not mad. I'm just you, you just you know you just you you're being an effing bully this morning. I can't even freaking no, introduce people because you're sitting here screaming and yelling. So can I introduce the room if you don't mind? Well, I know. I, see, that's what he does. Now, I, I was coming to you, Vanessa, but. But Mr. Big Mouth, you know, just want to jump in. Was about because y'all nah. been fighting for 15 minutes. Thank you. Don't True. just say me, dude. You've been fighting as well. You've been. Well, no, I've been trying to make too. a point, and then your ass uh, come in. Okay. Well, let me do this. Let me do this. Uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm good, man. How are you guys? You, you probably should have kept on walking, man. You saw a bar fight. Don't go in the bar when you see a bar fight, bro. Just walk right on by. <laughs> Wondering what I missed. That's uh, all. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So Vanessa, and Vanessa's right. So Vanessa, you know, the big question here is, and what he and I are arguing about. He said that Nikki Haley staying in the GOP race is hurting President Trump. Well, vice, well, former President Trump, I should say. I say that it's, in my opinion, it's it's going to hurt. Eventually, it could hurt Biden. I don't think it's hurting Trump by her remaining in the GOP. What do you think? Well, something else y'all said that before I forget what my comment was going to be was 
uh, something about had, uh, she should have been saying when she was scared. Yeah. Well, during yeah. on election day, on election yeah. day, this man said, I, "I'm going to vote for her, but I don't really mm-hmm. want to vote for her, but I don't like Trump either." And I feel that if she had been coming out fighting with her fist up and her gloves on, then maybe she could have gotten mm-hmm. more people to have mm-hmm. voted for her. Now, this is somebody that was on election day, and I wanted to make sure that I said that comment today because this is one of her people that said that about her. Now, to say now she actually is getting a lot of money. Uh, revenue is coming in from big-time voter uh, uh, constituents that's putting Donors. money up for mm-hmm. her. Yep. Donors don't know why they're doing it. I don't see a path for Nikki, but you know what? I say stay in there, Nikki, and give Trump hell. And then when it's time for you to buy out so that Biden can get his, go ahead. But but I don't think that ain't gonna happen. I think that if some people are you oh boy me I mean I think that some people if they have a choice, this is not my thought, if they have a choice between Biden and Nikki Haley, there are some people that want to see a woman in office as president. I do believe that. Yeah. I also yeah. have heard some of my Republican friends say, I don't want a woman to run this country. So I don't know. Like you asked me last week and I said, I don't know what's going on with this Nikki and this Trump deal. I'm going to still stick with that because I'm still hearing the same thing. And I hear it on TV. I hear it on BBC. I, I mean, I'm hearing it when I'm out with my friends or people that I play bingo and stuff with. I mean, people are taught. It is not just black Democrats or Democrats. People are tossed because right now they don't see where Congress or anybody's doing anything on the Republican or the Democrat side to do anything for this country. All everybody's doing is bickering back and forth and nothing is getting done. I did hear on the news this morning, though, that they said more Republicans are filing for the Obamacare than they've ever seen before. Now, I did hear that on MSNBC this morning. Now, that's the one who did not want to vote for Obamacare insurance, but they say it's record number in Republican states that is applying for it. I don't know what's going on with this country. I don't know what Nikki needs to do. Because they know Trump is going to cancel it. They know Trump is going to cancel it. That's why they do it. He can't can't cancel it. They don't have a supermajority. He can't cancel nothing. When he had full majority, do, they didn't do it. No, he, they can't. Trust me. The public has been trying to do okay. it forever. They can't do it. They can't. Oh. They're not going to do it. <laughs> well, they can't, but that's, okay. that's, they need a supermajority. When they okay. had a supermajority, okay. they didn't get it. So it ain't going to happen. They can sit here and try all they want to. And that might be true. I'm not saying it's not true, Jay. only thing I'm saying is people kiss his – oh, look, let me rephrase that. Okay, so people are lapdogs with him. They do whatever he says. I don't know what magic this man has got over them. I don't know how they're going to ever get Trump out of our world, out of our life, out of this system. Yes. I just wish it would happen. And all I can pray for is that he disappears in Jesus' name. Well, and I'm going to step back. Amen. Good morning, <laughs> all right. There you go. All right, Jerome. All right. All right. So listen, man. So, so, so here's the deal, the dealio. Basically, the topic that we're discussing arguing or whatever, you know, you choose whatever you want to classify it as. We're talking, this daily has brought the fact that uh, Nikki Haley, you know, why is she staying in the race? She should stay in the race. Uh, the longer she stays in the race, it's hurting Trump. Um, and he says she hopes she stays in the race until Super Tuesday. My response 
Uh, my dissent, I should say, is no. I think the reason she's staying in because she's making money. Uh, and Mr. Elias also said that basically she should go after, you know, really go after Trump, kick him between the legs, bring up all this stuff. And I said that's not going to help her in a general if she finds a way to get through the GOP. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that her staying in the race would be, uh, well, she has to, for one, right? Because you don't know however Trump is going to turn out. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Say he gets. Say he gets convicted, and they just yep. lose support, like right down the right across the board, and there's nobody mm-hmm. in the GOP in there. I don't know what the party rules go. are for nominating somebody to to be on the ballot. You know, when November comes, I don't know how that mm-hmm. works. That if you don't have a candidate that has no uh, delegates, I don't know how that right. works. So it yeah. So if he somehow becomes disqualified in the next four months. There has to be somebody who is active inside the race, so they should there should be some other people. Because once right. you lose the bigger states, you can't get enough delegates at the. I guess at the convention you could just convince people to switch, so you right, could probably you can. nominate somebody else. So, mm-hmm. but that that's probably bad for the GOP because it keeps the energy. Um, if Nikki Haley is not in the in the race, it keeps the energy on Trump for the whole time, and they can do nothing but damage themselves for the rest of the way through. Because Republicans right. are delusional by thinking that Trump can win for one, right. right? And so, if you keep pouring negative, I shouldn't even say negative. He's doing that himself. It's like him just losing this case because he started talking. He lost anyway, but the amount of damages got higher. Because he went in defiant after he already lost the case, saying I didn't do it, right? So the juries keep punishing him because he keeps talking. You think voters are not going to punish him for keep talking? So um, Nikki Haley being there, um, she's just prepping herself to be vice president if she can. So she's not going to go after Trump because she needs to be an alternative to Trump and get the Trump people over. So that's a that's a tricky that's a thing point. for her. She, She's just going to keep going, right? She's going to act like he's not there. She's going to take shots at Biden. So the Democrats, who, again, don't really have competition on the Democratic side, this always gets to be tricky for an incumbent because all of the energy is always on the person who is um, challenging. And that challenger is he sucks. So I don't, you know, Nikki Haley is going to do, you know, she's going to do whatever for Nikki Haley, but as long as she's going around here talking about, you know, slavery and and all of this other nonsense that she don't believe that racism exists, I don't know how anybody thinks that's going to be helpful to them. I think it's just making people hate the Republicans more across the board. And I'm talking independents, and, you know, it's going to stop Democrats from crossing over. So their blowout is going to be epic. I mean, they've lost races since Obama, like an off year or late. They lost them since Obama, and their brand mm-hmm. is not getting any better. So, you right. know, Tim Scott's not. So, anyway, so Nikki Haley being there is not helping them. It's just because these younger people think, oh, this is going to be you know, better for her to be there against Biden. Yeah, it'll show an age disparity, but disparity, but it won't, she's not smarter. She's damn sure not smarter than Biden. What people are saying, Trump, is that Trump can only do four years, 
and Biden can only do four years, and that they really would like to see. And and this, these conversations that I'm listening to, y'all, is when I'm awake at 3 o'clock in the morning because I went to bed early, and they're not MSNBC, they're not CNN, there's all of these foreign stations and stuff to see what other countries and stuff are thinking about what we are doing over here. And they seem to think that people don't really want Trump. He only got four years to be spiteful, but they're thinking that he's going to go in and try to change the term limit on being president. And then Biden only uh-huh. has four years of stuff in them. So people really do want somebody in there that can give them eight years. And that's what the news outside of the United States is saying. Yeah, but so, the news okay. outsiders, right. So the news outside of the United States, um, first of all, have bumped I don't their mean, heads. I don't mean like London news and stuff all the time, John Rome. I don't mean that. I, I mean understand. Like, I, I'm understanding. I, I'm saying the conversation is silly. Right, because every year no. that you have a president, you can say, well, I want the next president to have eight years. Well, I want the next guy to have eight years, right? So why wouldn't we say, just like by default, the guy who started four years ago, let's give him eight years and then let's move on. That's just as valid of an argument as saying in the middle of somebody's four years, oh, let's go for somebody with eight. Because, because we don't, Trump we don't, wants uh, to change the term. Trump wants to change the term. He doesn't want it to be an eight-year term. He said that. Right. No, he I, said I, he wanted to change the term. Right. If that dude changes the term, Obama wouldn't run. And I think that's a scarier proposition for Republicans than anything else. Right? Change the terms if you want to. And then the conversation wasn't switch to Trump. It would be, hey, why don't we bring Obama back? Because okay. since well, he's been out run. four years, no, no, it doesn't okay. matter. I'm saying the conversation will turn because the popular kids is who they hate, right? They want the eight-year terms to strong-arm everybody so that you can't, once they start dismantling everything, that you won't be able to do anything about it, right? So, yes, Trump wants to change the nature of everything, but just think of every dictator on this freaking planet, like no matter what country they are, Right? And I don't, you know, I know everybody has a, a violent reaction to Hitler, but he did the same thing before when he lost. He went back and he was like, oh, no, everything's going to be the same. Everything's going to be the same. And he gets in there and changes the, the terms of the power, you know, uh, of their, their um, legislative body. Putin did the same thing. That's why he's there for so long. Um, the, um, China, she did the same thing. So they changed the, ten, the term, his term. That's what dictators do. Erdogan, Michael Bloomberg, you name them. And Michael Bloomberg huh? did the same thing. Michael yeah. Bloomberg did the yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, it, again, I think this is problematic that black people are only people who always want to play by the rules. We're like, hey, it's four years. It, we, it's eight years. We need to get out of there. We need to move along and blah, blah. And lo and behold, Everybody else on this planet is like, yeah, I know that's the rules, but we're going to change them. There and you go. that's not new. That's not new yeah. that they want to change the rules. You are so, right, yeah. sir. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah, so Nikki this Haley, a... I think that she's mm-hmm. going to play her hand. She, no, don't nobody pay attention to Nikki Haley. She's going to lose South yeah. Carolina bad, right? Yeah. And so she's going to try to get, she's going to milk this for as long as she can. There you go. 
I agree 110% with that comment. You brought up enough, an excellent point that I didn't even think of either about the VP possibilities, even though I think that Lady Gwen Stefanik, whatever the hell her name is, she's going to probably be that person. By the way, he can't even say her name, but, but you know, this guy is a joke. All right, it is time. We are way over. It is time for, uh, in four minutes or less, something that you need to know. Kavina time. We'll be right back after this. Vanessa, you're on the clock. Can't wait to see what's on your mind this morning. We'll be right back. One years ago today, the Supreme Court legalized national access to abortion in the landmark Roe v. Wade decision. And two years ago, the Supreme Court overturned it with the Dobbs decision, throwing the deciding power back to individual states and allowing states to enact new restrictive abortion laws. Looking ahead to November, Democrats believe voter opposition to those laws will help deliver control of the House of Representatives. NPR political correspondent Susan Davis has more. Arizona Democrat Kirsten Engel ran and lost a 2022 House race for a seat representing the Tucson area. She's seeking a rematch against now incumbent Republican Juan Siscomani. She thinks this time will be different. My opponent now has a voting record. Engel points to things like Siscomani's vote for a Republican bill that would roll back FDA rules enacted after the Dobbs decision to make it easier to access the abortion-inducing drug mifepristone. She says abortion is a top-of-mind issue for voters in her district. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, an independent, or a Republican. Uh, women feel very deeply about this issue, that their rights have been stripped away. Across the country, Democrats are running congressional campaigns focused heavily on support for abortion rights. The issue is even more likely to resonate in states like Arizona if a proposed ballot initiative to protect abortion rights in the state's constitution is put to voters on November's ballot. Abortion rights advocates are working on a similar ballot initiative in Florida, where Republicans under Governor Ron DeSantis enacted a six-week abortion ban last year. Democratic candidate Whitney Fox says the issue will be a driving force of her campaign to oust freshman Republican Anna Paulina Luna from her Tampa-area seat. Luna is a vocal opponent to abortion rights and has referred to herself as a, quote, pro-life extremist. Like Luna, Fox is the mother of young children, a factor that will not be lost in this race. Here's Fox. And now that I've got two little girls of my own, they're growing up with fewer rights than I did. And as they get older, they deserve the freedom to make their own health care decisions without government overreach. And in Texas, Democrats have just one opportunity to flip a Republican-held seat currently held by freshman Monica De La Cruz. The likely candidate, Michelle Vallejo, says the stories of Texas women denied abortion access under the state's new restrictive abortion law are roiling voters in her district that stretches from the outskirts of San Antonio down to the U.S.-Mexico border. Here's Vallejo. Right now what we're facing in Texas is that fight where women and families are being pushed out of the state, forced to leave, to get life-saving care that they desperately need. North Carolina Republican Richard Hudson is running the party's campaign operation this year. As for comment, his spokesman pointed NPR to comments Hudson made this month to Punchbowl News, in which he said Republicans need to run more clearly on the issue, because otherwise voters think the GOP party position is, quote, will throw you in jail if you get an abortion. The spokesman additionally told NPR that Republicans will focus on what he called clear, empathetic, and mainstream positions. 
facing sagging approval levels for President Biden and a generally sour national mood on the economy. Abortion is one issue and maybe the only issue where Democrats see a clear advantage with swing voters. Susan Davis, NPR News, Washington. Online radio at its best. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the J-Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. It's the Sunday Morning Roundtable, where our panelists bring their topics up to the table. Ms. Elias brought a very good topic up, the first topic. So now, Vanessa, you are on the clock. That's, uh, you have some big shoes to fill, Vanessa. So what are we going to talk about during this next segment? Okay, What's I don't have some big shoes to because LESs and yours went so long and went so far off short till it hit everything that I was thinking about. But the only other thing I was thinking about, and y'all are not going to like it, is to a certain point, I feel sorry for Melania. I feel sorry for Sister Trump, the first lady. And I feel sorry for her, even though I know she knows what she married. But she just lost her mama. So she's dealing with that. And anybody who's lost a parent knows that takes a long time to get through that. Then you got this crazy husband who won't shut the hell up and keep calling this woman names and dog face, which is steady taking money out of her pocket because he won't shut up. So I wonder when... When that verdict was getting ready to come down and that fool walked out the courtroom, I wonder what went through her mind like, D. Donald, why would you do that, D. Donald? I'm, I'm wondering what, what was she <laughs> thinking because she has no control <laughs> over this idiot. And anything he spends money out of, that's taking money out of her mouth too. So... It's not going to stop him from acting like that. And because this woman won a suit, I guarantee you somebody else is going to come back at him with a suit. Somebody else is going to come back at Donald with a suit. So I don't really have a big topic because Nikki Haley was my topic, and y'all went all over that. And I don't want to discuss Biden, and I don't want to discuss any black people who got shot or whatever. So the only other person who had anything – to me, was her, and the only other thing is, can we stop sending money overseas so that we can start helping some of the homeless people more over here? That's it. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, so, wait, Melania are overseas. What that mean? Wait, what? Okay, well, pick one. I don't care which one y'all pick, really. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. You put them both out there. You know, when you talk about well, Melania. Well, y'all put two or three of them out there, Jay. Well, no, he put two or three of them out there. So, that, you know, we just, you know, but see, it's like it's a conversation. So, it, it'll flow it to wherever it needs to go. That's fine. Okay, but here's, so but, okay. Does, the, does the group want to talk about Melania or do y'all want to talk about the homeless? Pick one. The homeless. Uh no, you pick one. It's your topic. I'd rather talk about the homeless and what it is that we can do to help them. Why so much okay. money going somewhere else rather than helping our people that are here? Grant you, some people that are homeless want to be homeless because they can't go to shelters and live in houses and apartments, but it still seems like 
something can be done about what's going on over here. Jay, I don't know if you have or anybody else on this panel has ring where you can see what's going on with your neighbors, but I guarantee you every day animals being dropped off, dumped. I don't understand that. I was going down Cullen the other day. There was a dead horse on the side of the road. What the hell is wrong with you people that y'all are doing all of this? What's up? Can y'all not feed your animals and license them or go donate them or put $10 up? Can y'all not help donate some money for shelters to try to help these homeless people? Can y'all go buy some blankets and pass some blankets out underneath the bridge and say, here, here you go, and just give them? You got to get out your car. Well, We do well, everything uh, for everybody else. Okay. Well, well, I'll say this. You know, as a country, you have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. And because you're helping – uh, overseas doesn't necessarily mean you're not helping here. There are programs in place for the homeless at the state level, local level, and the federal level. But we can't sit here and say, okay, we're not going to give any money to things that are happening overseas because at the end of the day, you know, we're the superpower. At the end of the day, you know, we're trying to fought, we're trying to uh, deter attacks that may end up here. If we let the world continue to be in chaos, at some point in time, that stuff is going to show up at our door. And so, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but at the end of the, you know, like I say, at the end of the day, you have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. And I think sometimes people get that mixed up. It's like we're giving money to help Ukraine, for example, some way, somehow we're neglecting our homeless. That's not the case. We have a lot of homeless people in this country. Can we be doing more? Probably. People can argue that. But, you know, it's, we, don't have an, uh, we don't have an indefinite amount of resources. That's like when these people talk about putting the damn wall up. You can't put a damn wall. Uh, to buy, it's, you know, people, I got a wall in my backyard. Your backyard is only X amount of feet long. You can't make a damn wall to cover the whole continental United, the bottom of the southern border. Are you nuts? That doesn't even make sense. It sounds good, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. So, I mean, you know, fellas, we can toss whatever y'all want to toss around on this, but, you know, sometimes when you say, well, let's not help people overseas, let's just keep it all in the country, know that there's something to me fundamentally wrong with that, with that concept, that idea. We have to be able to do these things to help other countries and things of that nature. That's why we're the one. We have a superpower. So, I don't know. Who wants it? It is extremely quiet. Look, man, I, I, I say I say this, and I, I've been saying this for the longest. If, if you if you want to if you want to solve homelessness, you want to solve all the problems that we have with finances. Tax the very wealthy. Tax them. Make their ass pay their fair share. We do that. We'll resolve a lot. Yeah, but of you know what, though, man. Uh, but you know what, Mister Elias. You, you can say that, but man, you don't have enough money to to fix all these problems. You just don't. You we we you don't you listen. We, you we, we're paying a hundred. We gave somebody. I read something where it was one hundred fifty billion dollars allocated for something. There's money out there. It's just I just don't think now. Once again, this is just my opinion. I just don't think that you can. I don't know. I just it's like the immigration problem. I mean, I don't care what you put in place, you're not there's no way you're gonna resolve that. 
but but every week we argue that they don't. <laughs> so 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 we like to think that we they have smarter people. But for me, it's like, how do you you know you say don't send money overseas? So are you talking about don't send money overseas to help Ukraine? Don't send money overseas to help uh, Israel? Which I wouldn't, by the way. That's just you know I digress because no. that's some BS. What's going on there? That really is, and we're studying that in the Bible, so I totally agree, and that is one of them that, that we're talking about right now. So I don't know what we're going to do about the immigration problem. I don't. But I know one thing. We need to stop sending a billion over to Ukraine and $150 billion over there. We can send some, but does it have to be $150 billion? And then we have to send all of that money over to Iraq. You do understand that. what Russia's trying to do, right? You you do understand that you can't sit idle when you have Trump get in because Trump's gonna stop all of it. Trump's gonna stop sending well, a dime over there. Well, so. well, we already know that. But you do understand. You have Republican <laughs> senators saying we have to help them. You understand there's a bigger picture here. They're all about sending money. It's all about, you know, world domination when it comes to Russia. If we don't stop them, they're going to continue to yeah. do what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, we don't live, in this, we don't live on this planet by ourselves. I mean, we, we have to be able to step up and have drone. You've been noticeably so, quiet. Maybe so you don't have anything to say. Are other countries putting in on the money? Jay, are other countries putting in on the money? Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, other countries are. They are. They're not putting in the money we are putting in, but they are helping, yes. Because they understand, too. Because what's going to stop Russia? If Russia can just willy-nilly just take over, think about this. They're talking about taking over a sovereign country. Like, we're back in the, the, the days of the, the empire, the Roman Empire. You're just going to go and take a country that has laws, government in place. You, we can't allow that to happen. Think about it this way. If you lived in a neighborhood, and you saw that somebody's breaking in your neighbor's house. You gonna sit back and just don't do nothing? You gonna call the cops? In some cases, you may go out there and confront them, if, depending on what your status is or how brave you are. But you're not gonna sit there and just let it happen. If you see your neighbor's house on fire, you're not gonna call the police. I mean, the, the fire department. You're not gonna go out there with your hose trying to put it out. When you live in a neighborhood, and the world is a big neighborhood. You have to be. You can't sit here. It'd be isolationist. You can't sit here and say, well, you know what, whatever happens, we don't give a damn as long as it don't happen within our borders. So if we use the scenario of a house, if you see somebody's house burn down, hey, it ain't my house burning down, eventually your damn neighborhood going to burn down and your house going to burn down too. So you got to be proactive. You just can't sit back and just let these people do what they want to do. They have nuclear weapons. So, Jerome, man, you've been awfully quiet. Yeah, George, um, I ain't got a damn well, thing to I, say about this. No, you know, I I just think it's a bigger problem than that. Like we sometimes when we have conversations, um, we kind of think of them from a from a um, a very I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but just like on a personal level issue, right. like just even comparing, like you know, whether we should be at Ukraine because it's the money you know, think for us or one way or another. Money is not the issue of how colonization works and how Ukraine, you know, the the percentage of grain that they supply to the region is kind of a food uh, yeah. issue, right? Like it's a control issue. So Ukraine yeah. has, you know, nuclear capabilities. They have um, oil. Like so their, they, their issue in that part of the world 
has something to do, it, just like Israel, has something to do with their own supply of food, weapons, or energy. It always is, yeah. right? Yeah. And so whether we participate or not, it's just kind of the nature of European countries generally feeling like they can colonize the world. I mean, we still have people who think that if, um, you know, we didn't go take over these other countries, that the countries wouldn't be shit without us, sorry to say it that way. But they, people think like that. So our, our problem generally in this is our CIA interferes with Venezuela, interferes with everybody, and actually Argentina has a bunch of Nazis in there. So after the war, when they started fleeing Germany, they ran to, ran to Argentina. That was prim, primarily a black nation until all of those folks go there, and now they get kick all of the indigenous people out of Argentina, and it's like 90% white now. We don't look at how, you know, the, our uh, manifest destiny stuff happens with European powers. So the the fighting that's going on in that region has nothing to do with any of us, right? The bigger picture is how are they controlling the region as far as whatever their will are from these other nations. So even when we looked at something like Libya, you know, Libya wasn't doing jack squat to the United States, nothing. They had sweet, crude oil. So when they made that excuse of we're freeing their people over this dictator is because we kept telling ourselves that he was a dictator so that we can go in there and destabilize that region. We did the same thing with Saddam. It is worse off than it was when that man was there. So anytime we start talking about world politics and who's evil and who's not, the rest of the world can look at us at our sticking our, you know, our finger in uh, you know somebody else's face, and then calling them, um, calling them evil. So anytime that stuff gets to be complicated, because we can look at it a couple of ways. You can look at it from a leadership standpoint, or we can look at it from the ground. But it is a Superman. It's faster than a Flash argument to me. It is like, you know, depending on your perspective, whenever we're talking about foreign foreign affairs. We need to talk about what we are trying to influence in the region opposed to looking at who is the bad man in any given situation. Because even Trump saying something like, oh, we're not going to fund that, his ass is lying because he ended up, you know, slipping money to Saudi Arabia, right? He ended up trying to get his own personal gain stuff on because that's what he is. He's a capitalist. They don't care about nothing but money and power. So he don't care how many people they feed or not. Just like in this country, when we, you know, talk about homelessness, I don't give a rat's about people who are homeless. It is philanthropy for those people who want to feel good about themselves. Their humanity sucks. So those are, you know, I know they're totally different topics, but it is all kind of wrapped up in the same um, Euro-political perspective that is always projected on us. So even us, you know, doing this program, I don't really have a lot to say about it because for me to think from their perspective to why they need to be involved in other people's business is violating the rules of sovereignty that they always claim that they want other people to have. We have that problem in this to that. really bad. Some validity to what you're saying. 
No, no, there's some validity to what you're saying. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying, you know, listen, I've always said they talk about Ronald Reagan and how great Ronald Reagan was. They talk about all these presidents and all the different things. You know, man, we are in the middle of scandals just like every damn body else. So, so, so for people yeah. to sit there and think that the United States, you know, oh, my God, everything we do is, is, is pristine, that's a damn lie, you know? So, so yeah, I, look, right. look, I'm not going to argue with you on that point by no stretch of the imagination. You know, we're not God's gift to the world. You know, but but right. I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. There's no doubt about that. There, there is no doubt about that. There's some validity, a lot of validity in what you just said. I mean, so but it's the hey, look, it's a complicated world, right? <laughs> so, well, so so I so guess, what do you do? My, yeah, all I was saying is that we there's just so many different angles to take a conversation when it comes down yeah. to it that you know it, it's just kind of you know it, it's difficult to to hone in because. We're constantly being programmed what other people want us to look at without understanding that there's conflicts in the Congo. There's all these other yep. things that are going Absolutely. on that's dictated by, you know, France or the United States. And then we look at them and go, oh, they're just animals. And we are dictating that stuff in other places. So we have to be really careful about that. And if, the, if our issue is money, it's what I always say about this country – if we actually have a financial crisis, we will steal it from somebody else. We have always done it. That is what European countries do. No lie. We will never not have in this country. We may oh, who has. Doesn't. No, that's why they're not, you know, globalists are not afraid of, you know, deregulation and letting people have this world market. They don't care because they're controlling other mm. people's market. Good point. That's why they don't care. Good point. Good point, man. Yep. Preach the truth. Tell the truth and shame the devil. All right, we're going to take a break. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mr. Jerome Esprit is on the clock. Can't wait to see what he wants to talk about next. Uh, in the meantime, you sit back and relax, grab a cup of joe, and we'll be right back. I'm going to pull comments now, so put your comments in so we can play them towards the end of the show. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side on a nippy Sunday. We'll be right back after this. Just 
What's your flavor this morning, brother? I guess we did turn his mic on and we know what his flavor is, huh? <laughs> What's your flavor this okay. morning, Jerome? <laughs> Damn. Apparently you didn't want me to have one, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> um, you know, last week we talked about, um, you know, before we go into Black History Month, we talked yeah. about the, um, assass- the conspiracy to assassinate Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah. And with Dr. King passing, I, I think I want to talk about this a little bit because hmm. we don't um, do enough corrective history as we go. Right. So I just want to put something, and we can do another topic, but I just want to put this on the record while I'm here, right? So yeah. the United States was found guilty of assassinating Dr. Martin Luther King after four weeks of testimony, 70 witnesses after a civil trial in Memphis, Tennessee. Twelve jurors reached a swift, unanimous verdict on December 8, 1999, that he was assassinated as a result of conspiracy, is what the New York Times reported at the time. And King's family, who filed the lawsuit, was awarded $100 after they won. Was it $100 or $1? No, it was 100 Okay. I kept saying 
dollar, but it was it was a hundred dollars, and they donated to char- charity. If you don't know the story, this guy Lloyd um, Jowers, who owns Jim's Bar and Grill, that was close to the Lorraine Motel, claimed right. that the shot that killed Dr. Martin Luther King was fired behind his restaurant, and state, local. Uh, federal and federal U.S. government agencies and the mafia were all involved. And James Earl Jones, who pled guilty to the assassinated and assassination, was written a room above that um, that restaurant. Yeah. So he was the scapegoat, and the restaurant owner named po- Memphis Police Chief this guy Earl Clark as the um, Dr. King's assassin. Now this is according to the press transcript that claim would be calling to question but Jowers insisted he testified um, he was a Memphis um, produce dealer that's who he was uh, mm-hmm. was involved with the mafia gave a hundred thousand dollars to hire an assassin and assured him that the police would not be at the scene of the shooting and Jowers reported that he hired the hitman to shoot Dr. King from behind that diner and he received the murder weapon uh, prior. I mean, he received it prior and then gave it to some guy, um, and that was it. Like so, that's what really happened in court. And so, Coretta Scott King expressed her gratitude to the jury, called the media to tell the truth to the public, which nobody seems to know, right? So this is why I'm taking this time to say this. And she, it said that there was a. She said there's abundance of evidence of a major high-level conspiracy of assassination in my husband, Martin Luther King um, Jr., and the Civil Court, um, unanimous, unanimous verdict, was validated, um, has validated our belief, and I wholeheartedly applaud the verdict of the jury, and I feel that justice has been very well served. And so the family, only thing they wanted, and, and she also said, uh, Mr. Ray was set up to take the blame, and I wanted to make it clear that my family has no interest in retribution. Um, those are re- those who are responsible for the assassination were not held at- to account for their involvement. This verdict, therefore, is great, the victory for justice and truth, and it has been difficult and painful experience to revisit this tragedy, but we felt um, we had an obligation to do everything in our power to seek the truth. And we urge, we now urge you as members of the media, and we call upon elected officials and other persons of influence to do what they can to share the revelations of this case to the widest possible audience. That's what happened in 1999. We go ahead and celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday, and nobody talks about the fact that there was evidence that there was a conspiracy to kill him by the U.S. government. I think that's important, and I think that it's always important for us to visit this and not wait till Black History Month to visit it. We just had Martin Luther King's birthday, and that's why Martin Luther King's birthday feels some kind of way to me, that we get to sing the song um, and everybody wants to visit civil rights, but they don't want to visit why there's no just movement of black folks doing anything for themselves because our leadership gets killed in a conspiracy by the U.S. government and others in local and state government. 
So let me ask, to bring let me ask you a question. No, no, let me, let me ask you mm-hmm. a question real quick. Why do you think, man, uh, after all these years that this truth is not known by just regular folks? Why, why do you think they're suppressing this information? Because the U.S. government was involved? I mean, the U.S. government has come out and no. taken the blame for things in the past. Why, why, so why do you think it's suppressed, Jerome? I'm, I'm curious to this, because you're absolutely correct. This stuff, even if you look it up now, they'll say that James Earl uh, uh, King or Ray shot, yep. shot and killed uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, we don't, we don't like to – it's like laws in this country. We can have a bad law, killing the law, we put another law on top of it, right? So nobody ever really got rid of slavery. Slavery is allowed when you're in prison. So there's an exception to the amendment that actually repeals slavery because we still rely on free labor in this country to make certain people rich. So we have policy in this country that's kind of adhered from one to the other. So I think that in white folks, just like the critical race theory stuff, white folks don't like to know literally how evil they look to everybody else. And they keep telling their kids, oh, I don't know why they don't like us. It's because of that. You won't own anything. You won't say, hey, we made a mistake. Yep, we were racist. We hung black people. We did that. Like, they, nobody's going to say that. And so it takes, you know, we look like the bad guys, and people will send you, you know, um, comments to say, oh, why is it always about race? And the problem is, is because you're trying to bury something that is revealing um, the treatment of black folks and why police shoot black people first and, and, and they talk and bring white folks home. It's because of that undercurrent of masking their wrong that we can't move forward, right? Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, on top of that, and I don't know if you know this as well, in October 24, 1962, Dr. Martin Luther King's name had been placed in Section A of what's called the FBI Reserve Index. And as one step uh, um, below those individuals that are registered in this what's called a security index to be rounded up if there's a national emergency. That was in 1962. They said, and he wasn't even, he didn't do, I have a dream speech to 63, but Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy authorized a, a round-the-clock surveillance on the, um, the the Southern Leadership Conference, the SELC offices, and Dr. Yep. Martin Luther King's home. Yeah. Right. And 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 so by November of of November by November of 1963, they had um, phone taps in his house. They had um, phone taps in all the organization's offices. They escalated efforts to neutralize him. So two days before the announcement of his um, uh, of his Nobel Prize, he gets um, contacted by the counterintelligence program, the famous Contel uh, Pro, Cointel Pro people. The specialist this guy William Sullivan put some audio tape that they produced with highlights from wiretaps from his house. And they tried to convince him to commit suicide. Right? Now, I'm not telling you anything that you can't look up. That's why I'm giving you names. So they informed King that the, the auto material um, 
would be released to the media unless he committed suicide prior to to getting that Nobel Prize. And the the letter went like this. King, look into your heart. You know um, you are a complete fraud with a great liability to all of us Negroes. This is written by the FBI. White people in this country have had okay, enough of fraud. Yeah. yeah, this FBI who wrote this. Yeah, I thought White it was over. In this country, I thought it was over, yeah. Yeah, but this this came from J. Edgar Hoover, but the guy who wrote it was the um, it was prepared by the Bureau of International Security Supervisor, this guy Seymour Phillips, on on Sullivan's behalf, on his instructions. So Hoover directed somebody, and the reason we know this is because it came out in Freedom of Information Act. There's a document from dated, um, I think it's December 2011 that outlines from the Freedom of Information the internal correspondence that happened to get at Dr. Martin Luther King. I mean, the letter is crazy. It says, you are no clergyman, and you know it. I repeat that you are colossal fraud and you're evil. Vicious, um, like, you're a vicious one at that. Um, King, there's only one thing left for you to do. You know what it is. You have just 34 days in which to do that exact number was selected for a specific reason, by the way. Um, it has um, defined this practical significance. It just pretty much says you're done. There's only one way out for you, and you better take it before your filthy, abnormal, fraudulent self is bare to the nation. So the Bureau of Crimes and Records Division that had um, this guy, Cartha Deke um, Deluche, personally offered a copy of the King's uh, of that surveillance transcript to Newsweek magazine, the Washington bureau chief, this guy Benjamin um, Bradley, who refused it and disclosed that the FBI was serving that up to news outlets. That's why it never, it had very few takers, and that particular story did not come out because the news refused to publish that on Martin Luther King just before he got the Nobel Prize, but the FBI put that stuff out there, and they sent him a suicide letter. So you want to ask me again why we don't talk about this in um, Martin Luther King's birthday. I think we need to have both sides of it and stop selling people the same thing I was sold in elementary school about Martin Luther King because we have more information now. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good point. I mean, and, you know, once again, I don't understand why why it's not uh, something that's talked about. Um, you know, you talk about the what happened in Tulsa and, and all these different things. You know, America has admitted that it's done wrong things to our people, but, you know, this one still amazes me, Mr. Elias, how, you know, once again, this is not something that's on the forefront. You can look it up right now, and you're going to get the same thing, you know, James Earl Jones, James Earl King yeah. killed him, yeah. I uh, I knew I knew I knew about that letter, and I thought to myself, "How rotten do you have to be to send a letter like that out to somebody telling them to kill themselves?" Oh, you know the way out. And this is the FBI. And then see, and they wonder, people wonder why they don't that we don't trust the FBI. Well, it's because of things are like of that nature. You know, it's just because of things of that nature, man. It's, they've been rotten a long time. Yeah. 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 And Vanessa, yep. you know, when you hang out with your folks, 
do you uh, hear anything? They don't come up. Uh, they don't bring it up. Uh, well, let me ask you something. Have you ever, ever talked to those people about? Have you ever talked to these people about slavery and critical race theory and their thoughts on that? I'm just curious. Has it ever come up in any well, of your Bobby, conversations? Ella, when we were in the country in April, I don't know which country we were in. I think we were in Iceland or something. They were showing how they built uh, one of the boats or something uh, with the slaves came in. and I don't know if Bobby and her discussed it or not, but no, do I? Openly, um, unless it come up in passing or something, no. I don't just up and bring up um, talking about uh, slavery. And um, I do make little comments like um, they can get away with something, and I might not be able to get away with it. Uh, and they look at me, you know, her husband looks at me funny when I say that. Um, they do defend me when white people treat me differently than they treat them. They do step up to the plate and tell them, you can't tell her that or do that to her, blah, 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 blah. So, um, but no, I don't just up and talk about um, black history and slavery and that the black man made the light post and the, and the telephone and the, no, I do not. Um, these are my traveling friends. These are um, not people that I want to sit there and they didn't do it. Their forefathers did it, but I'm, I'm not going to blame them. I don't know if it's a blame, uh, I, I, and I don't, and I didn't mean, I didn't, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean for you, you know, I'm just saying that sometimes you have conversations, and sometimes they kind of, you know, head in that direction, so no, that's fine if you're talking to talk. Some things, not what we do, some things come up, but when we're traveling, we're trying to map out where we're going to eat, uh, what we're going to go sightsee, uh, how much it's going to cost to do it, what cruise we're going mm. on next, what we're taking, we don't, I, that's not what I do. Sorry, but it's not what I do. Hey, hey, listen, you know what? To each his own, right? Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Boy, I tell you, we are way behind. We're gonna step out, take a break. Yours truly is on the clock. I have no damn idea what we're gonna talk about, but we'll just make it up as we go. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Online radio at its best. I could tell you 
Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, co-workers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress, and so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our call in number. Forty two minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. And of course, I'm your boy Jay. It's time to say good morning to my family. What's going on, Big Sis? Good morning to you. Good morning to you. We are all in our places with bright, smiling faces. Good morning, Vanessa. <laughs> Come on. Y'all got to make the shirt. Come on. Beautiful self. Your beautiful self. And that's the pictures of herself every Sunday. And they just get prettier and prettier. Mwah, I love you, girl. Looking good. Bobby Jones is a looking man. Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones. A brother from another mother. The one and only smartest man in the world. Mr. Jerome Spree is in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Doing good, man. Are you giving us a tease for later on today? Anything uh, you want to share with us? Nope. <laughs> Got it. No Got to tune in to get it. That's the tease. Got to <laughs> tune in to get it. Good stuff. It's good to hear him back on the air. It was great to hear him. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? 
Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and Juan. Good morning, Nessa. Juan, good morning, Rich Sister. Juan, good morning, Momo V. Juan, good morning, Real Day. Juan, good morning, Kathleen. Juan, good morning, Marianne Music. And Marianne Music, their first song was Summer 2020 by Gina Akio. And the last one was Comfortable by Lucky Witherspoon. And good morning, my brother Hulk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Still is, man. Can we say hello to some folks in the chat room if you don't mind? If we have any presence, we had Karina, man, that's in there with us, man. Like power, high fives and fist bumps to the man himself, convener man. I want to say what's up to the pastor. What's happening, pastor? Well, let's say what's happening to Betty. That's a name from the '60s. What's up, Betty? <laughs> Felicia, uh, Patricia. Who else we have in there? We have a lot of. Folks that are tuning in, there's a guy named Joe. So anyway, hello to everyone out there listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. It's the Sunday Morning Roundtable where we bring topics to the table. And like I said, I really don't have anything. Uh, you know, but hey, only have five minutes left anyway. So hey, might as well just uh, just kind of free will it here. You know, we had a, a, some, some great topics this morning. And, 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 you know, we didn't talk about the settlement that Trump has to pay. And, you know, what they say... Mr. Elias, if, in order to hurt rich people, you got to hit them in the pockets. <laughs> you know, hit them in the pockets. Right, and so, right, you know, right. this guy, so now because he couldn't keep his trap shut, because I think she originally won, what, like $8 million or something like that, but then he kept bumping his gums. And so they came out with the $89 million he has to pay her. I think that's the number. But he's going to get hit with the New York. He's gonna, yeah, oh he's wow! And then and that's coming too. That's coming too. That's two hundred what? Yeah, that's two hundred some million, three hundred million. So they're listen. They're going for the jugular. I, I tell you what, mm-hmm. I said this a long time ago, and I and and I'll stick to it. And I remember, and if you've been listening to the show for any extended period of time, you've heard me say this before. So sorry. But I remember about 10 years ago, we did a cover, and it had Donald Trump sitting in the, in the Oval Office. This is when President Obama was still in office. And at the top, it said, President Trump, question mark. And I always felt that he ran for office for publicity, right? And Vanessa, you talked about earlier how you felt sorry for Melania Trump. And I remember, according to reports, when he won the presidency, she cried. He didn't even have a speech prepared because he didn't think he was going to win. I think he did it as a publicity stunt because rich people have egos. So this is what your ass get. You should have sat down. You had the apprentice. You had people thinking that you were the greatest businessman in the world, but now you're being exposed for who you are. And these people who are kissing your ass may feed into your ego long term, but I guarantee you each, if you put or hooked up each of those Trump children to a damn truth meter and ask them, do you think your daddy running for president was a good idea? I guarantee you every last one of them would say, hell to the now, Bobby. Hell to the now. Hell to the now. And so, I don't feel sorry for Melania Trump. You know, because, you know, she made some comments. You know, she was caught on a hot mic. Her friend was recording her and some of the nonsense she says. She believes that crap. So the hell with Melania Trump. And we talked about uh, the Martin Luther King situation. We talked about how Bobby Kennedy had, you know, surveillance on Dr. Martin Luther King. Well, you know, about 10 years ago, I think they released tapes of uh, Jacqueline Kennedy 
when they interviewed her a year after her husband died and some of the things she said about Martin Luther King. So all these people, despite what they say in public, you know, when you catch them and get that truth serum in them, they tell you who they really are. But I, feel, I, feel, I say, feel sorry her mom passed away. Well, I mean, listen, condolences. Condolences to her and her family. But I don't feel sorry for her. I don't feel sorry for her at all. And you notice she ain't nowhere near his ass. We haven't seen her since she walked, left the White House. I don't blame her. Well, I don't blame you. But what did, hey, Ms. Elias, what did Maya Angelou say? What did she say? Somebody tells you who they are, you believe them. Believe Bam. Them. When they tell you who they are, you believe them. There you go. Believe. So at the end of the day, I don't feel sorry for none of them. None of them. I don't care. I hope Donald Trump rots in jail. I hope. Especially her. Uh, yeah, I don't mail Especially order, her. Mail, yeah. mail order bride, right? Like, yeah. Trump has married every Russian girl he can find beside Marla Maples. <laughs> and he don't want to have no. You know what I mean? He's talking about people who ain't from this country, but every wife he had has mail order. <laughs> oh, man, they kill me. They killed me with this, hey. bro. Like, like, like uh, they found out that you know Mitt Romney had illegal workers working for him. They always toot and talk all this nonsense, but it's like, hey, do as we say, not as we do. I mean, stop it, man. They're they're, they're hypocrites and they're frauds, and they're being exposed for who they are. It's just unfortunate that we have these monkeys and these crazy people in office who won't do the right thing. There was a long time ago that if you were a Republican and you did the wrong thing, like. Richard Richard uh Richard Nixon, for example. Republicans walked in and said, Hey man, <laughs> the jig's up. <laughs> you need to get out of town. Right. It's not gonna happen here. Right. Not gonna happen. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Vanessa. Exactly. And look, here's the thing that killed me. Oh, Democrats are trying to come get me. Hey dude, everybody that testified against you were Republicans. <laughs> Stop this. Stop this. People wake up. I got a question up. for Jerome before the show ends. I got a question yes. for Jerome. Jerome, what do you think is going to yes. happen to all of these people that's going to that's kissing the ring from Ted Cruz all the way down to that black guy the other day who's marrying a white woman, all the way down to him? What is going to happen to these people when that when the Republicans finally wake up and Trump is the is is gone, removed in whatever fashion? All these people who kiss butt. Do you think anybody's going to have respect for them? Man, they will forget like um, like it was day old bread. Like they won't care, right? They're gonna. Who did that? Um, what's my man named? Um, Tim Scott's girlfriend. What is what, um, the guy from South Carolina? What is his Tim name? Scott. The senator. I don't know. Oh, no, uh, oh, 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 I know you're talking about. Is it her? Yeah. No, no, not Hester Walker. Uh, no, I can't uh, think of his name. Um. Yeah. Uh, Elias always says his name, so I can't remember his name. But he's the guy who always flipped. Remember, he kept saying, oh, he should be thrown in jail and with the January 6th people. Oh, uh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Graham. Like, how many times has he done that? Miss McConnell just did that. Yes, she did. Did you see see what he did to Fonnie Willis, Lindsey Graham? Did you see what they said he did to Fonnie Willis? But don't you think no. that a He's black gonna... man will take it harder than a white man? Don't you think him being black and kissing Donald mm. Trump's butt is going to reflect on him 
much longer than the right. white people no. that hit right. no. his butt. No. No. Right, we got 30 yeah. seconds. We got 30 seconds. Come on. Uh, somebody okay. answer. Go ahead, Jerome, man. Elias, say what you're saying. Fonnie Willis. He said, Willis, he told him, Fonnie Willis' arms are set. Thank you all so much. And she's like, man, get off of me. And this is when he went to testify in, in Georgia. This, Man. Is, this is what, uh, what he did. He said, I'm going to say, oh, thank you for doing this. Thank you. Really? Appreciate it. Yeah, well, well I mean, off. they're two-faced. They're, they're two-faced. They, they always say one thing, and then they say something else. All right, we got to step up. we got to go. We'll be right back. Voters in Finland are going to the polls today in the first round of the country's presidential election. More than a third of eligible voters have already cast their ballots in advance. Terry Schultz reports that national unity over the war in Ukraine has deeply affected the campaign. Finnish political candidates usually spar over issues that have played a huge role in the country's identity and security, the relationship with neighboring Russia, and the question of whether to remain outside a military alliance. But after Russia launched war on Ukraine in 2022, Finland joined NATO and has cut off most ties with Moscow. All nine presidential hopefuls support these decisions, so that's removed much of the usual fodder for debates, leading some voters to complain the race has been boring. Former Prime Minister Alexander Stubb of the Coalition Party leads polls, with Green Party candidate Pekka Havisto and right-wing Finns candidate Jussi Halla-Aho close behind. None is expected to get 50%, which would lead to a second round on February 11th. For NPR News, I'm Terry Schultz. At the Louvre Museum in Paris today, video footage shows onlookers gasping after two climate change activists hurled soup at the glass that protects Leonardo da Vinci's famous Mona Lisa painting, while shouting slogans advocating for a sustainable food system. The incident happened as farmers in France have been protesting using their tractors to set up roadblocks over the last week. They say they face unfair competition from cheaper imports. Italy's Yannick Center has won his first Grand Slam tennis tournament. He rallied from two sets down to beat Russia's Daniel Medvedev in the Australian Open men's final today. This is NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One Venture X business card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureXBusiness. Listen to this podcast sponsor-free on Amazon Music with a Prime membership or any podcast app by subscribing to NPR News Now Plus at plus.npr.org. That's plus.npr.org. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number, which you can't call in now because it's too late. But it's time for Pastor Steve. State your case where we read comments from the world-famous chat room and from social media sites that we monitor. Still, yes, man, what you got? I got Kobina man. He says, I think the GOP is going to cancel their convention or move, move to be before his criminal trials in hopes to delay him being convicted. That's how it is when he's talking about Trump. Well, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's interesting. That's a good point. We have to keep our eyes out on that one. All right, I have a few to read. Let me see. Can I get them in here? Uh, Pastor Steve, uh, peace and blessings, family. Interesting conversation today. You all made great points. Once again, the best show on the net. Thank you, sir. Uh, Kelvin from uh, North Carolina. Good morning, Mr. Jerome. Thank you for the MLK topic. I didn't know this. All right. uh, Chanel out of New York. In that, in that coincidental. Good morning. Jay is right. But the same thing happened in the Kennedy assassination. The Warren Commission got it wrong. OK, 
Okay. Uh, Patricia, Chicago. I'm a white woman living in Chicago. The crimes committed by blacks in this country is despicable. Should be hard despicable, but okay. But Mr. Jerome is correct. We as whites should be ashamed of ourselves and the role that we played in the suppression of black people. Didn't know where that was going, but okay. Felicia, Miami, Florida, good morning. <laughs> Thank you for sharing the history of the assassination of Dr. King. Let me get two more in here. Uh, one from a guy by the name of TJ Atlanta. Jay, you aren't the only one. I thought that Bernie King's remarks were inappropriate as well. The news conference is carried live here in Atlanta. And let me get one more. Joe from Seattle, fellas, any thoughts on the games later today? Ah, okay. Well, uh, no. All right. We'll take one. Let's do this first. Then we can try to jump into all this in the final few minutes we have. And thank you so much for participating in this week's edition of uh, Pasadena State Your Case. Meanwhile. Online radio at its best. All right, it is time for our final thoughts. We have four minutes, so we don't have time to get into a lot of stuff. Vanessa, real quick, your final thoughts, sweetie. My final thoughts are peace and blessings to you, family. Hope everybody have a wonderful week. I will continue when I walk into church in about three minutes. I'll give God the glory and ask for prayer for everybody on the panel and to continue to pray for this country. Please, 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 when it's cold outside because we're not doing winter yet, check on your neighbors. Check on your elderly neighbors and check on the animals. In Jesus' name, I just ask that y'all have a good week. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Jerome, man, final thoughts. Yes, sir. I'm going to defer mine to LES. I'm looking for LES. All right. Uh, (laughs) Final thoughts. Matt, what Vanessa said, I I definitely agree with it. And like I say all the time, folks, get out and vote. You know, vote, you don't have a voice. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we have a few minutes. My final thoughts is thank you guys for what you do. And uh, listen, since we have, uh, I have a minute left. So who you got? Who you got today, Mr. Elias? I'm going with the Chiefs and I'm going with the, uh, the Detroit Lions. But I saw someone on, on, online that said that it's already been decided that it's going to be the Ravens and the 49ers in the Super Bowl and the, uh, the, uh, the 49ers going to win the Super Bowl. They, they said it's already fixed, so I, we'll wait to oh, see. Wow. Okay, whatever. All right, what about you, Jerome? Who are you going with? You know what? I want to go with the Ravens because just because of the history of everybody, like, doubting um, their yeah. quarterback, yes. I, I, I want to go with the Ravens. On, um, um, with, they're playing San Francisco, right? Yeah. San, no, no, San Francisco, San Francisco the and the Lions. San Francisco and the Lions. NFC, NFC. Find the so I'm gonna go with. Even though I want the Chiefs to win, it just because of the two quarterbacks, I want both of them to be successful. But one gets treated like a black man, and I'm gonna go with that dude. And the second <laughs> one, I'm going to go with because the other guy who got treated like a black man, Colin Kaepernick, was at San Francisco. So now I'm gonna go with Detroit. So anyway, I'm gonna keep it black. <laughs> keep it black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, me too, yep. man. I'm with you on this. I like, you know, I love the Chiefs, man. But you know, he has to. Lamar Jackson's a good kid, and I want to see him be successful because they doubted him and his skill set. So I'm going with the Ravens, even though I think the Chiefs going to win. My heart's with the Ravens, and I'm going to go with Detroit because, you know, I hope that if they win a championship, they give Barry Sanders a ring because that franchise has been downtrodden for a very long time, and I just. You know, and that, like you said, they treated Jared Goff like he was a brother. <laughs> they got him up out of Los Angeles, man. And so he beat them on the way there. So how bittersweet would it be for him? How sweet it would be for him to get to the Super Bowl going through Los Angeles? So I'm going with Detroit, and I'm going with Baltimore, and then we'll pick them 
depending on what happens in two weeks. All right. Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Folks, it's always fun to do these Sunday morning roundtables because they're like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So for Vanessa, for Jerome, I'm Jay Rowe and Mr. Elias. Listen. It's a Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side of the Jay Ross Show. God bless. Coming up next on a need-to-know basis with my main man, Jerome Spring. Dazzles on election night and a Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Folks, you know what time it is. It is time for only need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome is free. Jerome and Rome, what you talking about this morning, brother? Yes, sir. Well, you know, I'm just just general news stuff. I'm actually gonna cover since I did the Martin Luther King stuff. You know what? I'm going to start off uh, Black History Year <laughs> with just some more information uh, of that we should know. When a, whoever wrote in that feel like black people are problematic but are, is happy to know that some information is missing from white folks' world, I'm going to have to put some on this program as well. So, you know, <laughs> that that always makes me feel some kind of way because... The point that I was making in the Martin Luther King um, part of clearing up information was the reason that white folks think that black people are dangerous and committing all these crimes is because that's done intentionally to actually put pressure on, um, you know, it's, it's white supremacy, but it's also done to put pressure on other white folks to actually treat black people like criminals. And if you don't know, Nixon did the same thing. Nixon wanted to go after what they called communists and all this, but their overall agenda was to demonize the black community. So Hoover did that. Um, Kennedy did it to some degree. And black people have John F. Kennedy used to have his picture on the wall with, with Martin Luther King. <laughs> you know, like we didn't know behind the scenes that they were actually pushing the same supremacy against black folks um, on, this, uh, on this planet. So, hey. We're going to cover some news. That's all I can really say about that, Jay. My bad. You know, <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember what I told you that I was going to uh, put back on this show, but it, it'll, it'll, it'll hit me. So let, let me do one quick while you're here, just in case you didn't know. Michael Jackson, in, in 1995, wrote the song that was political, right? It was called They Don't Care About Us. So yep. they did a short film, nope. Jackson created the song it was banned in the u.s and on many radio stations did most people know that that song was banned no i did not know that yeah, i knew it for me i knew that i didn't yeah I knew that one. yeah yeah no. and so this guy um bernie um winrob i guess he's the uh, some jewish guy who's the the husband of tony pitcher's chief this woman amy pascal wrote a New York Times article bashing the song and the video before it came out. So the song was inspired by the 1992 videotape beating of Rodney King, 
which five police officers at, at that time was acquitted of any criminal charges, but they beat him on national TV. The Weinrib um, um, article, which was published before the song was released, accused Jackson of writing bigoted lyric, lyrics. So in those Sony hacks, those hacked emails, <laughs> it revealed in several email messages between him and his wife, one of the emails, he blatantly said that he had special access and influence with the New York Times columnist Maureen Dow. And that's how they stopped Michael Jackson. Or, or they actually pulled all the records and saying, kick me, kike me, don't you black or white me. They actually blank out the word kike me. Because this one guy had relationships again, so everybody else is influenced by it. Can it don't have to be a grand conspiracy against black folks? It is a conspiracy that white folks don't like black people. <laughs> Just own it. Say yeah, it that's for and sure. own it. That's for sure. Yep. So you know, it, I mean, and there's you know, I have a bunch of Michael Jackson fun facts, but that is one that misses everybody because folks like. Oh, they wouldn't just, they just wouldn't ban him just to ban him. Yes, white folks do stuff like that. Sony Hacks also revealed that Denzel Washington, even though he made over $100 million on the first equalizer, they laughed at that and tried to say they don't know how white people would go see Denzel Washington. That's the head of Sony picture. Yep. So so there you Mm -hmm. have it. I just wanted to throw a little bit of, a little bit of history. I have, I have a ton more because you know how this goes down. But I guess I'll start with our, our first story just to get some news in before we before we get going. Now, um, I think I said this before, but just so that you know, 2020, 2023 was officially the hottest year on record. So global temperatures, um, they were close to 1.5 degrees Celsius was the limit is what um, – Scientists warned. So last year smashed the heat record um, set eight years ago. Um, this is what the EU um, climate change program folks revealed. But it is getting hotter for you guys <laughs> who don't believe in global warming. It is getting bad. I, I can believe it. I can believe it. Last year, yeah. the first year I went to Texas and was ready to get out of Texas. I am like, nope, don't want to be here no more. Get me out of this hot ass place, <laughs> man! It was that bad in Texas. Texas, but I, ooh, oh my God, woman, I was miserable. I was, I was Jay, Jay miserable. how you do it? I was so happy, happy to, Jay how's you? So happy to get back to Indiana. <laughs> I was so happy to get back to Indiana. Man. Thank you, Indiana. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I can tell you, my, my time in Houston, and and since Jay's here, Jay, Jay might have to come back on to defend his city, but. I can tell you, I was in Houston. My cousin Bridget and I and her daughter, Caitlin, we actually uh, went to a mall or something, and they said, you're going to have to run to the door because the ground is hot. And they ran, and I walked. I took about 10 steps, and I can feel that heat through the bottom of my shoes. And I was like, nope. I went back to New York. (laughs) I don't know how y'all do it. Much respect. I have a bunch of family there, but, man, it does get hot in Texas. Global warming, people. And, you know, last week I did the story about the sea levels rising. So anybody who's on the coast is going to have some problems because once once it heats up, you know, the, the ice caps are melting. 
they're going to refreeze. The climate will stabilize itself, but that doesn't mean that you still won't have an extra 10 feet of water in your front yard. <laughs> so far, all the folks are skeptical. Yeah. Now, the U.S. economy grew by 3.3% over the past year, ending fears of a recession and sending the S&P and Dow up. So the U.S. economy said it was much faster than expected in the final three months of the year, defining expectations. Now, I had a question about this a couple of days ago, and what I keep saying to people is that our economy is fickle because you have people speculating. So our markets go by some dudes in Wall Street saying, you know what, I think we're going to have high gas prices next month, and they artificially drive up gas prices <laughs> just for speculation. Wow. And now – you know, even that dude, that Trump dude, Cudlow, was like, well, I guess I was wrong. Oh, you was lying before. And so during, yes, during Biden's term, do you know that uh, Obama only had above 3.3% once, has never had it, and Biden has the best economic um, um, administration so far in the last probably three or four presidents. Um, I look at this, know, and so I don't understand how people out there keep telling me that the economy is so bad. Oh, I can't. You know, and then Trump touted that crap where he was talking about, you know, I, I, I can't wait for the market to crash. Who says stuff like that? Who does we, that? We, Do you still want to vote for them? Republicans. So even though the economy grew, right, and inflation didn't increase, like, their their food prices are out of the charts. But the gas, my, I went to the gas the other day, it was, it was you know, under $3. It was 280-something, right? But remember right. during the, you know, I think it was when McCain was running, he goes, oh, we can expect over $5 gas prices for the rest of our days. It ain't going to go no lower. People constantly are yelling fire. That's all they do. So Republicans will yell fire to make you panic so that the outcome is what they, can, what they expect. And then they tell you, calm down, everything's fine, so it can go back down. So that's always the Republican sticking point. It's the economy. Remember, what's that guy's name um, from Louisiana, Bill Clinton's boy? Um, oh. Carville. James Carville. He James always, Carville, It's the yeah. economy. It's the, yeah, he, he's dumb. Right? He, he's using the old narrative, and that's what they do to scare white folks. They play politics to white folks to be like, the economy is bad, black people are robbing people, Mexicans over here raping people. Like, they do that to create fear amongst their own people. And you know who don't, who's not susceptible to that? Minorities. Because we don't listen to y'all enough. Right? And I think it makes them mad that we're like, okay, right? That economy ain't going nowhere. I'm going to do what I normally do. And it usually stabilizes the economy because they're the ones who are like, oh, a recession's coming, a recession's coming. And then they go like, oh, yeah, it didn't come. My bad. <laughs> like, they don't, it, this news story <laughs> did not even play last week it did, or, or over the last two weeks. It has not played that the economy grew that much. And there's no expectations of a bad economy, you know, of the economy, of a recession. There's none. Explain to me this, man. How are Mexicans beating, uh, and I guess in the polls with with, with Trump, 
that's how it works if you can only relate to this through gender. That's how it works with black folks, is that Elon Musk is saying some racist stuff about black people. He said about having a oh, black God, pilot, yes. black people's mm-hmm. IQ is not as high yeah. uh, as white people. So he's concerned when, mm-hmm. he's, when he sees a pilot that's uh, an aircraft um, piloted by black people. You would think that he would be smarter. I took, I took great offense to that. To great offense yeah. to that, man. But I got a niece that. I got a niece that's an airline pilot, man. So you know, dude, when you, oh, yeah. when you don't don't insult. We are very intelligent people. We we taught you well, how to live. Oh, well. First of all, just do a little bit of history on the red tails, right? On the Tuskegee Airmen, because those exactly. white pilots, those exactly. was requesting them black people. To assist them mm-hmm. because the white folks is getting shot down like nobody's business right mm-hmm. and so that is always a problem that people think Elon Musk is smart Elon Musk is rich Tesla was smart yeah. but just because he owns a car company called mm-hmm. Tesla don't make that dude no genius oh. and I think that oh. that is a thing that we have to yeah go ahead He's like Bill. He's like Bill Gates, man. Where it's that he he did was yeah. he, he, he employed smart people and let them build up stuff. And he didn't do it. It wasn't him that did it. That's why I was like, I understand. How come people talking this trash about you know him? I'm like, dude, he, he's not that bright at all. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. If um if you want to reference just reference Chris Tucker and Russ Hour, you watch you see a crime committed. You're going to see a rich white man getting his money. <laughs> like, that is a pretty much mm-hmm. the, the theory sure. of, of how people acquire wealth. Because Bill Gates, I like to remind people, is not a self-made person. Bill Gates' mother was on the board of IBM. He worked part-time at Xerox, right? He got the mouse patent from Xerox because they didn't even want any money for it. He went to IBM to propose to do an operating system that he did on a freaking PowerPoint presentation. He didn't even build it. And then he bought a system from some guy working in the back of a radio repair shop. And then they made that thing work. (laughs) But he did not build it. He bought it from him. I think he spent five grand for it. And IBM gave him $3 million to develop it. That dude didn't come out of his pocket. So whenever you start going back and saying, oh, what about America's about innovation? And, yeah, you look at rich people buying up other people's stuff and then selling it back to them. That is the American way, capitalism. So let's just call it what it is. And, you know, I know at some point there's always this question. It's like, well, he has to be smart to be in business. You have to be smart and cruel to be in business. So to be very rich, unlike the guy at Costco's who said, who goes and works inside of the store and cares about his workers, he pays them a living wage. The Walmart people don't give a rat. Their Walmart folks don't have health insurance. They're like, get it on the free market. That's why I shop at Costco. That's exactly why I shop at Costco. Yep. I do the same thing. Now, um, you know, more people than ever owe money to the IRS (laughs) is what this news story is saying. And why Americans are, you know, used to getting an April refund check, they're going to start having a shock this year. So American tax debts 
are um, spiraling after the IRS put a halt on chasing payments during the pandemic. So those people who owed during the pandemic, I think they're going to start going after them. And and they should start going after rich people who are not paying their taxes. They can, right. you know, drag it out for as long as possible. So the IRS needs to probably mm-hmm. go take a look at this. Yeah. Now, um, the U.S. is the world's largest exporter of liquefied natural gas. I think most people don't know that we lead in natural gas in this country, uh, which has helped Europe reduce its reliance on Russian exports. And domestic oil production has doubled over the past four years. During Biden's administration, I might add, our oil production has doubled, right? Biden just recently... um, on Friday, this past Friday, unilaterally paused approval for liquefied natural gas exports projects. Like, and so guess who got mad? The Republicans. The move was applauded by climate activists, but the Republicans were mad. But Biden's directive required the Energy Department to study the climate impact of new gas exports before approving new products. We produce more natural gas than anybody in the world. So I wanted to put that out there just to say whenever somebody comes back and say, what has Biden done? Just just remember, you know, and we took over the number one world's um, gas during Obama's term. So anytime we have high gas prices, we, uh, you know, point the finger at everybody, Saudi Arabia and all these other people. And it's like, because uh, it's OPEC. That's how they make their money. There's nothing else in that desert. So anytime gas gets too low, they shorten the supply of gas so that it increases the price of gas. It has nothing to do with what the United States is doing. You know, so, uh, so you know, again, the S&P, the Dow Jones, both climbed to record highs last week. Um, and oh, amidst, God, yeah. um, Wall Street optimism to the fed so the fed may be cutting um they said they're soon will be cutting interest rates again again we're in election season so here how this is going to roll is it's the economy it's like the economy is rolling along fine so find something else talk about that man's age or something but his policies has not been a detriment to the rest of the country they'll make an excuse why we are not in a recession but the fact is, when he first got in office, they were like, oh, my gosh, the world's going to hell. <laughs> right? They do that with Democrats for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. And Republicans, it can, yeah. Republicans, it can literally yeah. go to hell, and we won't think nothing of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. again, I bet you if the president had the, the ability to release a nuclear weapon, Trump would have did it just to do it. He'd be like, hey, let's bomb something. Mm-hmm. That's how sick that, that, that thinking is. Now, um, Macy's rejected a $5.8 billion takeover offer. So uh, this is after announcing that it was last, um, like, um, over 2,000 jobs in Axe 5 stores. So they really – here's the thing. When I hear people talk about retail stores and people ordering online, Macy's is like, bite me. They are not giving up Macy's. <laughs> You know, and, and didn't I do that on last on the last show about Sears? Did, did we talk about that? Yeah. Sears closed this last oh, main store in New York State. Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah, know, Macy's yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 
You know why? Because when venture capitalists own companies, they want a bigger return on their money. That's fine. But these companies are still making a ton of money because even doing the hostess, you know, when they filed bankruptcy, I think that they were still bringing in over a couple hundred million dollars a year. And they closed hostess because Bain Capital and all these uh, venture capitalist people felt like the brand was worth a billion dollars and they wanted to cash out. Isn't that sick? So all these people lost their jobs and all of that stuff because they couldn't live off, you know, $300 million of profit. That's why it's not good to sell. Mitt Romney, wasn't it? Bain Capital? Yeah. Yep, that was his people, Mitt Romney's folks. You know, I don't mean to bash Mitt because I know he's going to show up and probably want to run for president at some point. But Mitt was the person whose family moved to Mexico because they were, um, you know, they were Mormon, right? And his grandfather, I think, had a couple of wives and a bunch of children. (laughs) So they moved to Mexico and then moved back and then said, we need to put up a wall. It's like, y'all, have your family Mexican. Like, what's wrong with you? Anyway, that's a whole other story. We'll wait for Mitt Romney to show his head before we bring those things back up. So bye-bye. All right. So um, the White House said that it opposed an agreement between Ethiopia and a breakaway region of Somalia, which is raising concerns that the deal could lead to instability and hinder international counterterrorism efforts. Now, here we go about us stepping into somebody else's business. So Ethiopia and Somaliland signed a memorandum of understanding on January 1st that reportedly would allow Ethiopia to develop a naval base in Somaliland uh, on their coast in exchange for official recognition of the region as an independent state. So Ethiopia has long sought access to the Red Sea. If you don't know anything about the geography of Ethiopia, they're pretty much landlocked. They don't have access to water. So they want to build their navy. So... um, they became landlocked after um, Atria, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, I'll have to ask. I actually know a student who's in a program that I've worked with, and she's from there. But they they won their independence in 1991 from from Ethiopia. So Ethiopia doesn't have a port. They don't have a seaport. Um, so the same year Somaliland broke away from Somalia, although it is operated as a de facto independent state with its own currency, own government, own diplomats, but it's not formally recognized by any country, but Ethiopia is going to recognize them. Because it's the same people, by the way, as far as, you know, um, culture. It's the same people, Somalia and, and Ethiopia. But the United States don't want them to be recognized. It, you know why this is, right? Their colonial powers don't want the African Union people actually uniting amongst each other. The United States need to stay out of Somalia's ah. business. <laughs> Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm just going to put that out. mouth. <laughs> right. right. That's all I, want. I just want to put that out there. Now, now, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is finalizing a contract extension and media rights negotiations as the league's 24 billion-dollar deal with the Turner and ABC ESPN is set to expire. Now, when people complain about professional athletes, I like to remind them they have a $24 billion television deal that NBA does. So that's why they're, like, so crazy um, 
about controlling the athletes because it's that money. So instead of them giving that money to the athletes, we don't, um, you know, like the NCAA with the players, people say, hey, how come they're making so much money? It's because they have television contracts that's $24 billion to play those players more. Mm-hmm. So he's on the verge of signing an extension um, for for that $24 billion. I wonder how much they get now. If it was $24 billion, um, what was it, 10 years ago, what is that? What is that number looking like now? Hmm. Hmm. It's a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, Illinois will become the next state to pass a Skittles ban. Have you ever heard about this? <laughs> I didn't know yeah. which states have bans on Skittles, but they want to outlaw the they're, sale of candy. They're banning a lot of food in Illinois. In Illinois, yeah. they're banning a lot of food, man. They're banning a lot of. Yeah, because these candy companies are still using candy-containing cancer-causing chemicals, such as Paz and Peach mm-hmm. and that Sundrop soda. So the law was proposed by um, Illinois Secretary of State, um, who called for action so that the harmful chemicals are no longer being put down, put in kids' mouths. Isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? Like, I, I'm going to look up what they ban those, but I do look... You know, I do look at my um, my junk food and my candy. I do. I won't pull over. Cali- yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot California was. Because I'm thinking that they would. They're California not Republican led states. Yeah. The California has California a bunch of. California led the way, and Illinois. And Illinois just they just took it to the next level. They was like, nope. Oh, California started this off, but now we're gonna take it even harder than California. Good. That's crazy. Right. Because there's. No- there's no reason for those chemicals, right? And so all of these European countries and, you know, the EU and all those guys, they ban these chemicals. The only place that they use these chemicals still in our food is in the United States. So when I see something like um, Red 40 Lake or any of them that says orange something lake or green, whatever that lake, whatever, is one of the chemicals that's banned. And it's, all it is is food coloring. So, you know, when you start looking at your food and seeing all of those um, things that they know cause cancer, they're saying, well, in small doses it don't. Yeah, but if you eat a lot of it, that becomes a higher dose, right? So um, I'm, I'm glad to see that ban, see them try to ban this stuff. So because there's no reason when for them I to use it. it. They're actually banning it. When I went to Amsterdam, um, I went with, I went with com- some comedians, and this one comedian is it was a female. She took um, a, a, like a care package over there, and mm-hmm. they told her you can't bring that care package in our country and leave that care package here because it contains stuff that we don't even use here. So you can't bring it in the country. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So let me believe. I I know. Yeah, I watched like a reel, like a TikTok reel of this girl who had some Doritos from Britain and Doritos from the United States. I don't know how she got it there, but she doesn't know. And she was like, oh, it it tastes cheesier, right? So she's just doing a comparison. Mm -hmm. But what she does not know is that that stuff is banned because of the chemical contents of that. What makes it cheesier or or yellowish is Mm -hmm. one of those chemicals for dye. That's cancer-causing. That's why it's been 
mm-hmm. in the U in there. So it may taste a little bit bland in those countries, but they don't use the chemicals that actually is detrimental to your health. You shouldn't be eating food mm-hmm. that's gonna kill you. They don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I was watching that and I was like, Yeah, I think she doesn't know but so hopefully she doesn't get any kind of you know, government showing up on her door and being like, Where'd you get this? Because they're not supposed to sell it in the really? in those countries. Um, that, and, and I think uh, American companies, since we like to dump our stuff in other countries, they don't like regulations, especially in African nations or South American nations, that restrict U.S. companies. And U.S. companies just have to adjust. They, they're good with poisoning us. Don't worry about that. The healthcare industry is big here. Yeah. So I don't know if you yeah, they, 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 they want to get rid of us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, hey, the house is expanding like crazy, and our health insurance costs, and I think Obamacare, I never really call it, I usually call it affordable health care, but since it's so successful, we will call it Obamacare, but I think they have the most yeah, enrolled really? people in, uh, um, in this last enrollment period than ever in the history of Obamacare. So people don't like Democrats or Republicans or Democrats or Obama, and they're getting that daggone health insurance because <laughs> the health insurance expense is expensive. Well, now, you know, they, you know they, I, Trump said he's going to get rid of it. That's why. Said I'm getting rid of it. I don't care. We're going to get rid of Obamacare. I got the greatest health care system in the world, but we're getting rid of it. And all the people signed out. They're like, nope. We know it's coming down the pipe with you, Pike. You know, we're good. Right. Right, and and I think they don't get how stupid this is to know that with you enroll every year in your health care, in your medical health care stuff, right? And so your company, even if you are, um, you know, working for a legitimate company and have health insurance to your company, they renew their agreements with health companies every year. So when Obamacare first came in, they said, oh, even our private insurance went up. That has nothing to do with the federal markets or the health markets. That had something to do with your company choosing plans that were higher, more expensive than the plans that they had the year before. So you keep playing around if you want to. If you get rid of health insurance, the price of health coverage is going to go up, and you are going to have no coverage. So not only will you be in debt when you go in, you know, if you have to go to the emergency room for a broken arm, you won't. the government won't cover the cost of your health insurance, and they're just going to bill you and bankrupt you like it's always had, like it always has been. And so, yeah, watch what you wish for. Playing around with Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump gets um, federal health care now, so he really don't care, right? They can break him and take and sue him for all his money, but he is going to have personal health care through the federal government now because he because he the office that he sat in. I will never call him that because he was not a good leader. Um, now, 1,000 women became pregnant as a result of rape in the United States last year. So they were saying that, six, uh, that sex assault um, is not a valid reason for abortion is the reason why they ended Roe versus Ray, Ray, Way is according to that study. So researchers found that 519,881 rapes in 14 states with abortion restrictions. This is not in the country. This is just in those Republican states that created abortion restrictions. 
500 and nearly 20,000 rates occurred last year. And they said there were 64,000 pregnancies between July 1st um, and January, um, July 1st of 2022 and January 1st of 2024. So they're estimating 60,000 people became pregnant just because of rape or in sexual assault. Now, and you know how they, they're saying, oh, we don't need an exception to rape and incest. So somebody can rape you, get you pregnant, and now you have to have this rapist child. And even though he's going to go to jail, he can sue wow. you. That is crazy. It's a crazy number. 60,000 people. And, that, again, that's just in the 14 states. And the other states that have abortion and has, don't have those, resist, um, those restrictions it could, you know, so it's more in the country, but in those 14 states, um, 60,000 women are pregnant because of rape. Now, yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know. 60,000 um, because of rape, and now you're going to force these women to have have these children. Yeah. Live with that. We live with that. Force them to? Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're crazy with this stuff because I don't think they think long-term. I think it's because of the low birth rate in the country that nobody's really talking about the reason why they don't want people to have abortions, right? I don't think they care if minorities have abortions, but they can't, they can't carve out and just say, hey, white folks can't have abortion. You can't carve it out, so you have to get rid of all of it across the board. Now, when you're here... We ain't feeding no homeless children. We don't want to do nothing about the homeless population. Oh, matter of fact, it's the complete opposite. Remember during Trump's time, um, when Dotart's administration was here, that they took all the kids who crossed the border, kept the kids, and sent the parents back. Remember that? Yeah. And they couldn't yeah. locate the kids? Yeah. We we have they a sick thing. Parents, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We have something sick going on where... Um, there's a need for children, but they don't want the they don't want the parents. So I guess they figure they can indoctrinate them into, you know, into their world if they keep, take you as a baby. <laughs> we could make you white children <laughs> and vote Republican. I guess I don't know. Now uh, Johnson ag- Johnson agreed to pay seven hundred million dollars to settle claims that claims that his talcum powder um, causes cancer and was laced with asbestos. Now. You may remember a story similar to this years ago that they were found guilty, but as a part of their agreement, 42 states and Washington, D.C. will no longer um, um, pursue a marketing investigation alleging that that pharmacy giant was linked up, um, their products were linked to cancer. So I guess they're saying if they agree to pay that $700 million without fighting it in an appeal, that the states won't sue them for marketing specifically um, in certain communities. Because I don't know if um, your listeners know this. If you're black, you might know this. But black folks used to use Johnson's baby powder like nobody's business, right? Because it stopped, you know, sweating yeah. and stuff. So people use baby powder for a lot of stuff, you know, kept in, keep, keep your body dry. And um, they knew they were cancer-causing. Again, same thing with Skittles, right? Like, Stop putting cancer-causing chemicals in our stuff. <laughs> you know. They didn't now, care, um, man. They, they didn't care about. They never cared about us. Never yeah. have cared about us. 
You know what? I'm going to tell Jay to put um, that that on the board. Put that Michael Jackson song on there. <laughs> they don't really they don't care, care about care us. About us yeah. <laughs> right. Because that is the theme of this program today. They don't nobody care about us. All right. Oh, you know, <laughs> now, now, in case you're wondering, so since we talked about the whole cancer-causing crim, uh, chemical stuff, you know, they are cutting prices on cryogenic labs, uh, this one in Michigan in particular. They're freezing the bodies of hundreds of patients for $28,000 until science can bring them back to life. <laughs> How do you How? Now, think about this. What if you oh. come back and you poor now? <laughs> How does that work? You spent $28,000. Your family spend up all your money, and now you're like, "Woo, I'm back!" But I ain't got no job, I ain't got no money. Still 98 years old. <laughs> like, what the heck you are you doing? Your body is gonna be in poor health. You gonna, you, I mean, you're old, decrepit, and you're gonna be nice. Right. They gonna bring you back to life. You think you're gonna, you're gonna be in better shape? I'm done. Man. <laughs> oh God, let me go. Let me go. Right, oh right. They're like, listen. I think this time at 98, I think I'm going to try out for the Knicks. Like, I want to do something different with my life. You still 98. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> yeah, but they say the business is booming at this cryogenics institute lab in Michigan, leaving it at a capacity and forcing to store more patients in new centers nearby. Between 10 and 20 places have been taken up for the expansion of their storage facility. Now, um, what was once like a crazy idea of Walt Disney, because you know Walt Disney wanted to do that to his body. He wanted them to freeze him so they can come back later. He was a racist, crazy wow. ass. And imagine him being here now. Yeah. Black people would not go to Disney. Right. right? So the ultra-rich elite is becoming more accessible to, um, you know, to ordinary pe- people if you want to freeze your body. Hey, you know what? He'll be a good defense, and I'm the, I, I'm sorry I'm doing this live on the air. But, you know, so let's just say Epstein said, listen, I know y'all want to convict me of all this pedophilia stuff, but can y'all just freeze me instead? <laughs> can you do that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just freeze yeah, me really. for 25 yeah. years, and that will act as my sentence, and I'll come back, and I'll be better once y'all wake me up. <laughs> freezing, freezing, freezing can be an option. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like, don't get mad at me for nothing. It was just a joke. I don't know jack about Epstein. Just gonna put that out there. Uh, <laughs> now, you know, the Supreme wow. Court is being asked to halt the race, um, the use of race in admissions at West Point. <sighs> okay, so. The first black soldier that went to West Point, he came out, led during the Civil War or something. Do you know the next black person to go to West Point was not until like 40 years later? From the very first person, the, the black cadets wouldn't speak to him. They took like pictures and they made an excuse that he was on an errand, so he's not a part of the official photos. West Point has always been racist and crazy. So now that you have, you know, after, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen and the uh, 174th, the Battalion, Harlem Hellfighters and all of those guys came back and black people started going to West Point and achieving, 
you know, all of these high honors, somebody is now suing um, or wants the Supreme Court to say that, um, that they want to review West Point. Now, I believe that they will never do this because if black people have no purpose in the United States, it will be to fight for white people's freedom. <laughs> so they'll be like, no, yeah. let them fight. Mm. You know, and, and much really. respect to the military. Yeah, my, my uncle actually taught military strategy at West Point, so I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying much respect to the people who serve, but just to know that folks are trying to put race trying to take out the exclusion of, uh, take out race out of every aspect of society, because not because white folks know that it's fair. It's because they don't want to be held to regular standards against people who they can compete to, compete against and lose. You should not, mm-hmm. you should sure. be fair in your hiring practices anyway. If you were, you wouldn't need affirmative action or any kind of race um, um, equalization tool um, race equity tool, you wouldn't need those. But instead, they feel like, oh, if we get rid of this, it can go back to the great white way that it's always been before. So that ain't working. So anyway, somebody's bringing that up. And, and um, you know, anyway, it's, it's crazy. So <laughs> the um, – Wow. I know. I, I, I was just thinking about that. Like, it, it is crazy that they still want to um, want to keep going after they did the race admission stuff at college um, because black women are the highest, you know, percentage of people graduate demographic, you know, graduating from college. They want to ban that. And, you know, even though black men has no equity, everybody favors black women, but that's a whole other story. And we're still not getting equity, and they want to stop the little bit of um, – the little bit of progress that has been made. Ah, all right. So MGM Grand Casino, yeah, it is something else. It is it is exhausting and a little tiring. So the MGM Grand Casino um, former president pled guilty to failing to report suspicious transactions at the casino as required by the Bank Secrecy Act. So MGM and the Cosmetics, Politan of Las Vegas will have to pay a total of $7.45 million in settlements and will be further scrutinized for compliance of the law. That's according to the Justice Department investigation who led the charges. So apparently somebody's been skimming off the casino and the president ain't telling. Because it probably was him. Notice nobody's going to jail, <laughs> Elias. They, yeah, they're just getting fined. Right, right, right. yeah, they're going to jail. White collar crime, you still a slice of pizza in Vegas, you're gonna do about ten years. But you still from a casino, nah. You pull a ocean eleven. Then <laughs> you you good. You know, that that's that's a little bit different. Now the ultra rich wow. now owns a rich share of stock is what they're saying. The wealthiest 10% of America's are holding ninety three percent of US the stock market's wealth. While Americans, on the whole, have been investing in the stock market at uh, a higher rate, the amount of wealth held is skewed towards the richest households. See, this is why when the stock market crashes, they make everybody else panic. But only 10% of the people are losing their money. <laughs> like, we shouldn't give a rat. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's a crisis when rich people have a problem. But they said the wealthiest 10% holds 93% of stock in the U.S. 
That's, that's the land that we mm-hmm. live in. Right? Zimmerman can chase Trayvon Martin to his house and kill him, and you'd be like, hey, he ain't, he ain't mean it. And then you could have a white woman stab somebody 108 times, and you'd be like, look, I was high. Smokey would never get away from that on get away with that on Friday. <laughs> you know, I'm just high. I'm high, man. <laughs> you know, like wow, uh, wow, dude, I, I just smoked I just smoked much weed, and my thought process, man, is what I'm looking for, hey, man. I'm hungry now. What am I eating next? Right, and right. food tastes so much better. I ain't talking about killing nobody. I've never hallucinated before <laughs> where I wanted to kill somebody. Right. My life. Right. I hallucinated like yep. that. But hey, it is. No, but I'm saying she had a weed defense. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> she had a weed defense. And I would think 99% of people who smoke weed get hungry. Like, weed is not an aggressive drug. But she's saying, oh, my oh, weed not. must have been tainted because she was hallucinating. Yeah, she was hallucinating. She's a she. She knew exactly mm-hmm. what she was doing. <laughs> man, uh-huh. yep, man. So you know, um, you know, I didn't do this story before, but RFK Jr.'s wife, this girl Cheryl Hines, is asking why he doesn't have Secret Service protection, considering his father and his uncle was, you know, assassinated, and reveals how she might take on the job as first lady. Because, you know, he's running as a third-party candidate, right? So she said she is more careful than ever since Intruder broke into um, to a home that she shares with her husband, um, Robert F. Robert Kennedy Jr. But she wants Secret Service protection. I, I guess she don't have any uh, comment on that. I guess she probably does need – all the Kennedys probably need Secret Service protection, being that these Trump people are running around here jealous of every Democrat that gets any attention. That, that might be yeah. so I can't get mad at that. Now, UMass you, you students are banned from studying abroad after they staged an anti-Israel sit-in on campus and then were arrested for ignoring police officers' order to leave. Now, UMass and her students uh, are facing a sudden setback, one of them, of his plans to study in Spain after taking part in that um, in, in that sit-in. Now, here's what I don't understand, and I know we risk being unplugged, but just because you protest against Israel, why is that the death penalty? Like, do we not have freedoms to be like, oh, we don't like this or that? Isn't that, that seem strange and weird? No. So he can't go to Spain because Israel is committing genocide. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't say that they are. <laughs> right? Like... Like they can commit you to the fact we can't say it. Of the Jewish community. Upset the yeah. Jewish community for sure. Because these people like that look, man, you killing you killing children. You killing I said this before, man, Jay got to argue. He said, What do you want me to do? I said, Not kill children and then they said people, that's what I want them to do. Right. And they gonna keep they gonna keep on doing what they gonna do. Because this is who they are. And 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 right. Yahoo can say what he wants to but he's you know, hey, man, look, your ass, your ass should have been on alert. You, you, you had, just like Bush had warnings about uh, 9-11, he had warnings about them. Don't sit here and act like you, right. you had warnings, and you, you did nothing about it. Sat on your hands. 
Right. And now all of a sudden, you're killing all these people. You can't tell me you didn't do this intentionally. Killing these people and hurting these people. Right. Right. And and we again, we have to keep our mindset to everything. Because and and who was the the person who wrote in on the last show who said that about um you know, that they need they need to face what they're doing, but you still want to keep on the same attitude towards everybody else, but you don't want really to reveal your dirt. Right? We're not telling you to reveal your dirt, by the way. We're telling you that other people have the, re- to, um, the right to flash a flashlight on your dirt. So you don't have to listen to us, right? You can turn the station. You can do a lot of things. But the truth is um, it's hard to swallow sometimes. So just let it go. Mm-hmm. Right? We just have to <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now, um, you know, there's a a story about um, Hugh Hefner's last wife, Crystal. She she's she mm-hmm. did a um, uh, an interview, and she was she says what life was really like inside the Playboy Mansion. Now, A and E is still running the Playboy Mansion killings, and they're still doing this all this stuff about Hugh Hefner. But they waited for him to pass before they started saying anything, because that's what money will buy you. It buys you cover-up. But she is now saying that it had a lot of mold, uh, toxic implants, daily Viagra, and nightly orgies. Tell us something we don't know. Well, I didn't know about the mold. <laughs> but, no, we all knew yeah, about the toxic implants. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know about the mold. But... All the rest of that stuff is not hard to believe, but apparently she's still coming out um, saying, okay, here's what I want to reveal. See, again, um, just like the Epstein tapes are missing, you know the tapes from the Playboy Mansion are being hidden too. So I can't imagine all the people who Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine all the people who are going to be exposed for all the high crimes and drugs and all of that stuff from just releasing those tapes. They'll show up. Yes. I I, I believe that somebody's going to profit from them, and they're going to show up someplace. Mm -hmm. You know, so we'll have to we'll have to wait this one out. But when they show up, um, I'll I'll tell you where they are. No, I'm not I'm not on the black market web. (laughs) What do you call it? The dark web. I'm not on the dark web, so don't come to me. I want to. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, um. The dark web, just go right over here. You can see all of that. You know? So, you know, right. what I'm going to do on the next show? Yeah, uh, so just from me doing the Michael Jackson and Martin Luther King thing, I'm going to talk about the counterintelligence program um, th- that resulted in the killing of, um, you know, all of these Black Panthers. I have them by name. You know, they released all of that stuff. So we're going to talk about the con- Contel Pro. Um, I'm going to actually release some information on that next week, too. Mm. I, I didn't even think about it. And usually I try not to show, you know, do the fact stuff that is, like, negative during black history because we like to talk about, hey, here's the positive contributions. I think we're going to talk about the contributions that white folks um, had on black people <laughs> through, through policies. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that next show. So, you know, but we'll, we'll do that. We'll still do... The um, OJ verdict stuff. I'll I'll clear up all of history and talk about Dr. Sabi and all of that stuff on our next show and talk about Black history. 
But I'll do one more. I know we're running right against it. But, you know, they said breathing mm-hmm. in, in pure oxygen is just as effective as Viagra, according to a new study. So men who had treatment had an average of 50% improvement in their uh, erectile function, and the effects from one month of treatment lasted up to 18 months in some cases, just from breathing in pure oxygen. So if you want to go check your store sales for cans of pure oxygen, just feel free. You don't need Viagra. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Hey, hey, hey. this is our public service announcement on this particular show. So thank you very much with that. And we'll see you next week. So that's all I want. Okay, I figured we wouldn't cause too much trouble, Elias, before we got off the air, but I do have a couple of those stories. So next time, my end of story, our end of show stories, might be a little bit that we, uh, Jay might get some letters about next week. <laughs> so we'll let him have them. Hey, let Jay get man. He made on me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We don't care. Yeah. All right, we'll see, we'll see yeah. you next week.